Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. say about us i listened to that show and i know they had some very fine wine (laughs) (laughs) and they're full of joy this is a good one on a friday morning i like this i woke up on repeat to the the line joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea and i just over and over over i've been singing it all morning i just sang it again (laughs) sorry every bumper today same song there it is there it is Friday, March 10th, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, The Zoke, John Moore in the studio, Bernie later on. How's everybody? Given that it's a rainy Friday and the roads are kind of slippery and stuff, I'm in such a great mood. I'm waking up to joyful songs and I woke up and given the hour that we get up, I mean, my alarm usually goes off at 3.30. I woke up 15 minutes before my alarm this morning, just sat right up singing Joy to the Fishes in the Deep Blue Sea, got up, had an extra cup of coffee, let the dogs out in the rain, which they don't like to poop in the rain, so they're very snobby. <laughs> well, who does? Who does? <laughs> very snobby in the morning. I woke up at 4, shocked as always that my phone went off, stunned that it was time to get up, and yelled fudge. So, <laughs> so a very had different no songs morning. in my head. But Very that's every day. Morning than my morning. <laughs> I hate waking up. Do you even have an alarm? Like, does this just happen in your head and you wake up? I do have. I set my phone, but my phone goes off to just a you know, not a song song. Although I should maybe think about. Uh, I wish I could connect. Wouldn't it be so cool? AI, come on, catch up with my brain. Wouldn't it be so cool if I could connect my phone to my brain and then whatever song is in my brain then came out of my phone? Oh, that's coming. It mm-hmm. would be like synergistically awesome. And you could talk in your AI voice all day. And that's right. I could talk in my AI voice. Good morning, Bo. Good morning. <laughs> Great to be part of BT in the morning. Did y'all see that article that the next job that the AI robot mm-hmm. is coming for is radio host? Well, perfect. <gasps> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a CNBC article. So get what you need done now because our days are obviously numbered here. Yeah, I don't think AI is going to wake up with cool songs or say inappropriate things that she or he, whatever gender Well, if it's AI like Siri in my car, it's like, make a left turn to Pinville, then go to Statusville. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she can mispronounce anything wrong, she does 100% of the time. Yeah. Can you imagine what that radio show would sound like? Good morning. I, I like <laughs> how you morning, said. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome, Charlotte. I like how you used examples, like recent examples, like today the song in your head or yesterday that, that inappropriate thing that we said. 
which you could have applied to like 18 different segments. 18 different moments. And especially the way we ended yesterday. I know. Wait, I don't even know what's going I'm, on. I'm just going to have to play okay, you the last tell segment. Tell me off the air. Yeah, right. we'll, just, uh, we'll just replay it for you. I can't wait. I, wait, I walked out at 930 with David Chadwick. You guys ended inappropriate 25 and, minutes later. And I literally... Email, I sound like Brett Jensen. I literally emailed Beth yesterday or texted Beth, and I was talking about you know how we the show yesterday was an interesting show because we talked about SATs and ACTs for about 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And then we stopped in the middle and did talk to David Chabot like we always did. And then the the sharp turn that we made after David left, <laughs> I said that this show is. I mean, what other show takes these turns? I don't know. Exactly, and that's what I hope. What I hope people find fun. Like we'll we'll have a little serious convo, and then we'll be laughing before we walk into the office. Or said another way. If you don't like this segment, just wait. It'll change in a minute. I call it bus stop radio. If you yeah. don't like the bus that came, wait. That's exactly right. Wait till the next bus because you'll like that one. Or, or short attention span radio. Yes. I mean, I've said all along, when I do this and when I go uh, you know, talk to people and they say, well, why do you like doing this show? It's, it's because it's the way I was in school. It's the way I am in life. I'm impatient and I get bored quickly with something that happens too long. I want to move on to the next thing. And that's what we do on this show. Uh, if you don't like the topic right now. Hang out for a second because we're going to go on to the next thing because the whole essence and purpose of the show is to give you everything that you need so when you get to the water cooler, you have all the, the tools to talk. Right. If you're in a serious mood, you can talk about the serious stories that we brought up. If you're in a lighthearted mood, then you can uh, oddly repeat the things that come you, out of our mouths. Or you can be that guy who walks up and said, did you hear what they were talking about? What in the <laughs> heck was that? Did you hear Bo and Beth this morning? Now, you actually got uh, what we did. I, this was actually joint mail. Because yes. it says, in care of, it says WBT, in care of Beth and Bo. And it's actually about your wake-up song. I love, I, we really do have some of the loveliest, most thoughtful listeners. Somebody took a, the time and energy to write a handwritten card, like a little thank you note, and then address it, put a stamp on it, and put it in the mail for us. And it says, good morning. We love waking up to your music. They love the, the moment in our, the, the, the Beth, in her, I don't even know what we call it, moment in Beth's head. There we go. There's today's. This. <laughs> and it says, keep up the great work, Bo and Beth. I missed the post. <laughs> you know what? I love that you know that now. Like, you know what the post is. We've done our job, Zoke. So this is from Teresa and David. And they sent us a little devotional to go along with it. Probably thought you needed one. A devotional? <laughs> a devotional. You think the devotional came after last Friday when we were, you know, playing this? I think it's very vital. That's right. On top. Here we go. I have a dance to this. <laughs> I just wanted to play this. And see, they gave me an excuse to play it. Every time I see that 17th green watching the Players' Championship, that song's in my head. They were using that during the promo. And, of course, today is day two of the Players' Championship. Oh, it was this championship that's going this on the that NBC they used this promo. Mm -hmm. I think maybe got in your head if you watched anything NBC in the last two weeks. That 100% could be it because I am convinced that some of the songs that pop into my head, I have heard at some point not really knowing that I've heard, like at the grocery Background. store or at the you know CVS or something. Um, although, I don't know about Joy to the World. I think it really was, I had a great day yesterday, and <laughs> I, I went to bed happy, and so I woke up joyful. Now, if this song came into your head because of the players, I'd really be impressed. Well, yeah, I would be impressed. Well, Beth is uh, waking up right now. It's 3.30. She's got the 
chihuahuas on the back green out there and well you know how it is it's a rainy day so they refuse to poop we'll see what she does here in this situation could be a problematic approach here to the backyard oh dreadful mistake out there right on the patio Back to you, back to you at Butler Cabin. That's right. You know when the dogs do the little scoot across the carpet thing? where That's they, so weird. I know. Every time, and this is the only like sports reference I make out loud most of the time during the day, but every time they do it, I go, safe. <laughs> I always go, ew. <laughs> it's so gross. They itch themselves that way. I know, way. it's so bizarre. <laughs> or whatever they're doing. Oh, boy. I'm just always hoping there's no street left behind know, when they do that. I like, know, ah. I know. Should we, should we pick it up with uh, with Roy McElvoy at, at number 17? Here Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. And got it on the green somehow in three. Maybe the shot, though, that does get him right back on track here in this final round. It could erase that double bogey at one. It may be the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> that's, where, that's where he banked it off the water closet. I Did you watch Tin Cup? Yeah. Rene Russo and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Costner. Rip it and rip it. Yeah, he lived in that little trailer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Good morning, PT. Was this one in there? Uh, I'm not sure. Which no, one is no? that? That's, that's, uh, that's Pac-Man. That's Pac-Man. the original. Oh, the beginning of Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, was this one in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was in there. Okay, then, then, then Zoki would be there. Is that Dig Dug? It's Dig Dug. Yes. Yes. That's Jim's favorite video game of all time. Did you know that, Beth? I feel like you've told me that. The reason was because it was one of, like, the two or three arcade games that were in the laundromat at Bowling Green State <laughs> well, University. Isn't, didn't Dig Dug have the ball that you you you, you rubbed? And it would, Do you remember the ball that would, it was like a spinning ball? I do, that you And you get your hand pinched between the ball and the edge of that the... That was not Dig Dug. That, that wasn't that, Dig that Dug? That was Centipede. Centipede. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So my favorite was Burger Time. Did they have Burger Time? Mm. I did not see Burger Time. Nobody burger ever time. has Burger Time. I had sensory overload. There were so many, though. <laughs> so John Moore posts yesterday on Facebook uh, a picture of him playing actually a game I'd never heard of, like a Michael Jackson video game. It was a Michael Jackson video game that, uh, what was that called? I think it's called Moonwalk. Moonwalk. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And I had never seen that before. And I thought, well, if I post this, somebody will have seen that before. Was the goal, so I haven't seen your I post. I didn't play it. I just took a picture of it. I, I don't I, know what it was. I think the goal was to get the sequin glove. I think, I feel like I played the Michael Jackson game. <laughs> to I get think the other glove? To get, well, wait a <laughs> just, just the one. Just I mean, to get the one does glove. Does this bring back in your memories right here? Here it is. This is actually somebody playing it. See it? It's on my screen. Yes. Wow. So how did I miss this? I never played this game. <laughs> it's Smooth Criminal. <laughs> it's Smooth Criminal played with like weird horns. So John posts a picture of this video game, like a standalone 80s style video game and other ones too. So where did you go and you played in an, ar- an arcade? This was in Forest City, North Carolina at the Carolina Arcade Museum. And it was Kelly's birthday, my wife's uh, birthday yesterday, and we wanted to get out of town and do something different. So... Went up to Forest City, and uh, there were so many video games in there that usually if you see an old video game, it's somewhere by itself. Somebody saved an old one and protected it. This had all of them together in one spot, some some I had never heard of. They've got one up in Asheville. It's called the Pinball Museum, downtown Asheville, and we've been there a couple times. It's the same thing. You walk in, first room is all these older pinball machines, just pinball machines, but then you go to this back room, and it's all the... Atari and you know Space Invaders and yeah, all those uh, those kind of games. They had that. They had 
five different versions of Pac-Man. Uh. I knew about Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Apparently, there are three others. What? That are that I had never seen before. It was like well, Pac-Man I, Jr.? There's Super yeah. Pac-Man, there's That's Pac-Man Plus, there's Junior Pac-Man. I played them all. There it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> now, what I... I didn't I, see him in there. I wish my <laughs> wife would love it if I took her to an arcade for her birthday, but somehow I think that wouldn't be enough for her, or that would not be what she wanted. It was, but, it was kind of spur of the moment. We just wanted to get out of town, go to a restaurant somewhere else, and... Have some time. Where exactly is Forest City? I've mean, heard of it. It's about an hour west of Charlotte. Usually you pass around, right thought, through it when you're going to Asheville. And I figured it was like that direction, like but that, I didn't know so. for sure. Because, you know, uh, about this has been probably 25 years ago. Because um, I think I was, I guess I was maybe right out of college or somewhere thereabouts. But Discovery Place in Uptown, downtown, did... Uh, an exhibit where they they put all like a, a, an old art. This is and this is before kind of the rise of like PlayStation and the ones you have now. But they did an, an exhibit there at Discovery Place, and they brought in all these old machines, and you could go in, and it was designed like an old arcade, almost like a like putt putt was when you walked in after the miniature golf, and then had this huge arcade like yeah. that, and like little levels, and it was the, to me the best my best experience ever at discovery place have you been to the recent arcades you know there's a a new place where the kmart used to be in concord that they've turned into a bowling alley slash arcade slash bumper cars place it's really fun but the new arcade games they're too cool they're too cool for school they're too high tech they're too like you sit on a motorcycle and the motorcycle like moves and vibrates vibrates around and Mm -hmm. it makes they're like virtual reality games that freak you out and like scary ones and I got sensory overload. All I wanted was to just have a little joystick and have Pac-Man eat some nibbles, whatever they were. <laughs> some <laughs> nibbles. Oh, how high can you get? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a little Donkey Kong action yeah. right here. Yeah. Oh, I did love Donkey Kong, the very original. So I must have liked things with layers because Donkey Kong had layers. Burger Time had layers. You did had you, to get higher and higher and higher. Did you like a te- Higher than high? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like Tetris? Oh, I loved Tetris. I played Tetris constantly in seventh and eighth grade with my best friend Beth, and I'm not talking about myself. I did not just like sit and no, play. No two-player game for Beth. <laughs> I did not sit and play Tetris alone. My best friend's name was actually Beth. I so enjoy your company, me. That was just a mirror. <laughs> my imaginary friend Beth. Beth too. <laughs> No. Her, her name really was Beth. <laughs> uh, let's uh, bring Lori on the line here. Lori wants to weigh in. News Talk 1110 WBT. Happy Arcade Friday. Yeah, happy Arcade. You know, there's one right here in town. It's called Tin Mechanical Company. It's on Tremont Street. Oh, I've been and there. And yep. they have all of the old 80s arcade games, and they're free. What? You can put a quarter in it if you want, and then they, they take all the money and donate it to charity. Oh, no, that's what? brilliant. They make that, their money like off that. of selling their drinks, and they charge for duck tin bowling and billiards. But all the arcade games are free. So you can go in and have a beer and play Pac-Man? I'm sorry? You can go in and play Pac-Man and drink a beer? Yes. So it's like the best of all of the things we couldn't and do when we were kids. they have some really great signature cocktails. <gasps> Y'all, we need a day, an outing. We need a we need a station outing. Right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you want to come in and open. take over the show? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that now I have that. Uh, and, and I know there's some other places around that are kind of doing this nostalgia thing, like John Moore's in, in, in Forest City. But you, you just said something a minute ago, and it's true. 
if if you see the new modern video games, the problem with them are it, it, they don't even take coins. You have to put no. either your credit card or you have to put in you know paper money. Or you have to get those. Um, they have like card machines, and you have to get a card that loads with co- like credits, and yep. then you yep. tap the credit on the. Uh, and, uh, that's it's why not even fun. I like this place. It was $7 if you only had an hour or $12 to play all day, <gasps> yep. which wasn't bad. And by the way, you think everything's nostalgic, but then I saw a brand new pinball machine that was the Mandalorian. Ah. So what? they're still making pinball machines, and uh, they had one of them there. Oh, man, I loved pinball, too. Well, Ocean Isle Beach is where we go in the summertime most often with my family, and one of the things I love about Ocean Isle is they have this uh, this place at the pier. There's there's an arcade at the pier that's still like an old school arcade and there's also this place next door called Breakers. Hancock loves to go to this place too. And you go in and they ha- it looks exactly like it did in 1987 when we went in there. Like they've preserved it and it, it takes quarters. Like oh. quarters, like old school. Like there's there's something about putting the quarter in too. Well, there's something about too having if you had like six quarters, you'd line the quarters up on the screen yes. and then you'd take the quarter and put it back in, and so everybody behind you knew they're going for at least six more quarters of worth of games. Yeah, it was like it was, a rule. Was, I haven't touched a coin in like twelve years. Or, <laughs> like I never use coins. I have like three jars of coins in my cabinet and. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I could go to the arcade and then I think, I, here in Charlotte and then donate the money. I think you know what we're doing now. Let's go to the arcade, guys. I will see you Monday, everybody. It's been a great show. <laughs> Vince Coakley is next. <laughs> wake up, Vince. Yes, we'll go wake him up. So I go wake up, Vince. <laughs> All right. WBT. You know what can really help you sort through these important issues? What? Orange Mocha Frappuccino! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Uh, we had people who listen to this show and they wonder what, uh, why does Bo not drink coffee? How mm-hmm. can you be a morning show guy and not drink coffee? I wonder it all the time. Even though I know the story, I still don't understand. It's weird. Wait, wait, wait. I don't. Do I know the story? I why you don't you drink do. coffee? Well, I thought you just didn't like coffee was the story. No, I, I, and see, this is exactly why I thought, because I know what we're about to talk about. And I said to Beth, well, actually, there may be new people to the show who don't know. It's, it's really kind of stupid, actually, but it's true. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, this is, this is where my aversion to coffee stems from. When I was a kid, I, was at, I remember I was at my grandmother's house one time, and she brought out what I thought was chocolate ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, this song applies. <laughs> she, go ahead, no, plug go ahead. Ahead. I'll, I'll lean right into it. She brought out what looked like chocolate ice cream, Briar's chocolate ice cream. She always bought it. Well, it's well, a little bit of a lighter color, to be fair. Well, but I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, that's a little light. What is? That's not the right stuff. I thought it was a form of chocolate ice cream, and I got all excited about eating my dessert, and I got the spoon and dug right in, and it was coffee ice cream. <laughs> And, and that messed up my whole world world about coffee. Now, you may say, you didn't give it a second chance. No, I did. But I honestly think that skewed it from a very, very early age. You have things that happen in your childhood, you know, that sort of stay with you. Like, I've tried to, I've tried to do the coffee thing. I've tried to, all right, come on, Bo. Everybody likes this so much. You've got to try it. You must, it must be like a, a thing that you have to develop a taste for. But I, I just can't do it. I don't like the taste of it. Unless I put so much into it. Here, here we go, here we go. Because you had a bad day. <laughs> if you I'm ate if coffee I, ice cream. What if you put your vanilla syrup in it? That, well, see, that's the thing, though. If I put enough stuff in my coffee to make me like it, you're basically putting so much stuff that you disguise the taste of the coffee. And then if I had, you know, one of those every day, uh, I'd be gaining too many LBs. No, it's just, just uh, training wheels. I mean, you start, a lot of people start out with like a lot of cream, a lot of sugar, uh and then they kind of dial it down. However, I will say, 
you wouldn't mind me saying this, Mick Mixon with like a regular cup of coffee, you get like a, a Denny's or whatever Waffle yeah. House, put in, I'm not kidding, like seven of those little creamers in there. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why don't you just make a cup of creamer and put a drop of coffee yeah, in there yeah. because it's like, they look disgusting. Have yeah. some coffee with your creamer. That's how I would be. And so it's not that I can't do that every time, but if I did, then I'd be, it's like, it's the reason I don't drink uh, regular sodas anymore because those are like calorie bombs. I think we could get you. I, when I first started, I didn't like. I, I didn't drink coffee. I didn't even drink caffeine. Period. Until I started doing a morning show when I was working over at Fox Charlotte. I, I was I was a caffeine free person. Every now and again, I drink a Coke or something. But I started like Jim said. You start with cream and sugar, and then I moved away from the sugar and just liked oh creamy coffee. And now I drink purely black strong coffee, and I love it. I think we can train you. I think if I, I and then you get your man body. <laughs> ah, and, that, and that's what this is all about. It's all about dad bod. <laughs> Actually, I'm trying to give Bo dad bod. <laughs> but, but the reason that I'm even telling this story isn't because of regular coffee at all. It's actually because of ice cream. Yeah, I'm thinking about all of the little kids who might be in your position at grandma's house and they think they're getting a delicious bowl of vanilla ice cream. And instead, it's this flavor. What flavor am I talking about? Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Wow. Do listen, that again. Listen to this. <laughs> ah. but, but wait, when you hear what she's going to say, you're you're going to you're going to double down on that. You are going to double down on that noise. Hidden Valley and Le Van Leuven release a ranch flavored ice cream. <laughs> Available at Walmart. Just ranch? Listen to this. Ranch enthusiasts have a whole new way to <laughs> enjoy the creamy salad dressing. Hidden Valley unveiled a new collaboration <laughs> with Brooklyn-based ice cream parlor Van Leeuwen. I've never heard of them, but Hidden Valley Ranch Ice Cream is the name of it. It will be sold at select Walmart stores. And listen to this. <laughs> it gets better and better. The pints promise to deliver, quote, savory flavors of ranch, including buttermilk, flavorful herbs, and a touch of sweetness. Because everybody wants herbs in their ice cream. Uh. Y'all know that I'm a foodie. I will eat and try anything. I have eaten bugs. I have eaten bug cookies. I have eaten in foreign countries, didn't know what I was eating. I've eaten chicken hearts. I will try anything Those are good, once. by the way, chicken heart. I'll try anything once. I had a fried chicken heart in Brazil. Mm. Didn't know that's what I was eating until after the fact. Mm-hmm. I might draw the line at trying ranch-flavored ice cream. Mm -hmm. I I love ranch. What if they tricked you like you thought it was vanilla? They well, exactly. Like... That's what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of little tiny bows somewhere out in the universe thinking they're getting vanilla ice cream, and their grandma's going to ruin them for ranch for the rest of their lives yeah. because they accidentally ate ranch-flavored ice cream. It's a great taste cream. of cigarettes and an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can taste the value. <laughs> Thank you, Andy Zoki. That's like a phrase that pays now. That's Taste cool. the value. I love that phrase. I look at it. Only available at Walmart. <laughs> well, well, of course it is. Well, yeah, because I'm looking at the picture and and I'm and then the the, the carton says or whatever it's in says uh, Hidden Valley uh, Original Ranch Ice Cream. I love this limited edition. Yeah. As if, as if you're going to need to order more. Exactly. Is this a thing that anybody's going to eat an entire pint of? Is anybody, or if they eat a whole pint, are they going to go back oh, for a second a pint? If they can do that, they could do a hot mustard ice cream, like the oh, like, like the, the McDonald's. Chick -fil -A. Yeah. Even don't, even don't, that yeah. makes me feel gaggy. Like I like condiments, but you know. I don't even like it when my ketchup is cold. You know when you keep your ketchup in the refrigerator and then you use your home ketchup for french fries? Wait. I don't like it when it's cold, so I heat my ketchup up in the microwave. <laughs> 
I don't want cold ranch dressing. Nope. Nope, Bob. I never have heard of that either. I can tell by the look on your face. I've never heard of that. I don't like cold condiments. <laughs> I... All right, hang on. Kill the traffic music for a second. As Zoki says, every morning we... It's like every morning it's David Chadwick has his moment of hope. Yes. We need to have our moment of process what Beth just said. Moment right. of huh. And go. Hot ketchup. Is it warm when you do it? Well, I mean, I, I don't heat it Is for it like hot or warm? nine minutes. I'll put it in for, you know, 10 seconds or something just to get Knock it. the cold off? So it's room temperature. I like room temperature condiments. So ranch dressing that's icy and cold, mm-hmm. it's making me feel like I'm going to gag. But you know how people, like, want to eat French fries in their Frosties, which is delicious, by the way, yeah, it at is. Wendy's? I'm, I'm down with that. Maybe yeah. could you dip French fries in ranch ice cream? Because, you know, French fries and ranch is good. No more discussion needed. (laughs) Traffic time. Here's Pam Warner. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. WBT, where business talks. Presented by Ram Pavement. All right, 10 before 7 o'clock here on WBT on a Friday morning. Let's roll back to the market close on your Thursday. Stocks falling in the last hour of trading as bank stocks fell and investors brace for Friday's payroll report. Weekly jobless claims rising to 211,000. That's the highest since December 17th. Investors are focused on Friday's jobs report and more inflation data next week. February CBI will be reported Tuesday, PPI on Wednesday. In New York, Jerry Willis, Fox News. Free markets on your Friday morning. Dow futures down 78. S&P futures down 3.25. NASDAQ futures down 28.75. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. I know it's uh, WWE now and has been for a long time, but I'm still I'm still the kid who grew up watching Hulk Hogan on the on WWF. Uh huh. I they, still can't call it the WWE. Yeah, the Superstation. <laughs> no, that was WCW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many memories. Yes, and, and and there's world wrestling entertainment news today, and this has been making the rounds. And I saw this, and I thought, uh, my first glance thought was what. And then I thought about it after I heard another example to support it, and it actually makes more sense to me now. World Wrestling Entertainment is having discussions with gambling regulators in Colorado and Michigan to legalize betting on the company's high-profile scripted matches. (laughs) Uh, This according to uh, CNBC and several other sources. But um, working with Ernst & Young, which has worked with, well, I'll hold that for a second. Because everybody in the room, I'm sure at first, the first time you hear this is like, wait, what? You know, wrestling's not real. Pro wrestling. Wait, it's not? <laughs> well, the outcomes aren't real. Well. That's exactly right. Because any, any wrestling fan, pro wrestling fan worth his salt or her salt would say, Jim, those moves, those tables, you know, that, that's real. That's, you have to train for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can injure yourself really yep. badly that way. And those or are. Or died. Ab- yeah, absolutely. The guy that I mean, fell from the. Owen Hart. Yeah. Uh, fell from the rafters, and, and you have to be an incredible athlete, and, and you have to be good at what you do uh, to be a pro wrestler. You have to train for that stuff, That's that's uh, especially the high-profile stuff they do now. But technically, it's scripted, so now they're going to allow you to, vo- to, uh, to bet on that if, if this goes through. Well, this seems like a scary, slippery slope because— <laughs> I love the alliteration, <laughs> A scary, slippery slope. Well, this 
you know how there there are all of these stories about athletes and referees throwing games, right, in order to make tons of money. So the wrestlers and the trainers or the team members, the people that walk out with them when they're wearing their robes and have all the music, they probably know the outcome. And it would be very easy to say, hey, my boss whatever some current wrestler names are, is going to Vince win. Vince McMahon would be Vince the all-time. Is he back? He's not back, but he's still, he's the OG. So my boss, OG Vince McMahon, is going to win this wrestling match. So if you give me 25% of your winnings and you go bet on him, then we're golden. So I feel like this is a great way for this to go wrong because it would be so easy it's for so it easy. to cheat. Yeah. But here's why, because I, I thought the same thing. And and look, I, I'm a long, I, I grew up loving wrestling and, and, and uh, there are matches over the course of pro wrestling history where uh, the outcome was not what they agreed it to be. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a famous match between uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. They call it the Montreal Screwjob. But, the, but when they had an ending that was supposed to be one way, and basically Bret Hart got screwed because they changed it, and it really changed the whole but they trajectory. they changed it how? Like one well, because one guy dance. was supposed to win, and in the end, the other guy won. But aren't the moves choreographed? Don't they know what's coming? But that's up what I'm next? saying is, is that it was it was scripted to be one way, and and the guy at the end changed it. He pulled at last, a move. He pulled a last minute move and or, held him down. Or he he didn't do what he said he was going to do. That's the, lying. But here's the thing: the, according to CNBC, the sports entertainment company is reportedly working with Ernst and Young, which has previously worked with the Academy Awards and the Emmys to keep results private until they are announced. So it really doesn't even matter what happens in the ring. What you've got to be betting on for this to work is the the envelope that has the script in it. Right, but so many people right. beyond Ernst and Young know the outcome of the wrestling. Anybody match who watches like the preparations that week in practice, or yeah, whatever. the wrestlers know the outcome and the trainers know the outcome. So people beyond Ernst and Young yeah. know the outcome, which is different than the Oscars to a degree. Because this, well, but if, is it though? Because aren't the people that are in the know for the Oscars aren't they? Aren't they? Don't they sign an agreement that they can't say anything or they'll be sued? But what if there was money involved? Like if the people who? who knew the Oscars outcome and there was wagering on it, somebody would probably break that trust and want to make the money off of giving the answer out. I actually don't know if anybody within the Academy actually knows the outcome of the Oscars because Ernst & Young tallies the votes. So I don't know if anybody outside of Ernst & Young knows the outcome of what is in the envelope. I think... I think maybe Ernst & Young seals the envelopes. I don't know. The same thing happens at, like, Miss America. You know, the the the, the Ernst & Young people walk up with the, the results of, the, of right. the tally of the judges' scores, and nobody beyond the one judge who scored that score knows the score of whatever contestant. But, I, you know, I don't—maybe somebody knows the truth of this because people who are in the academy all over the world are the ones who vote— and then all of those votes get sent back in. I don't know if anybody at the Academy actually knows the answers. Because I'm thinking about this, and legally, if this were to, to work, legally it would have to be binding on what the script said, not what uh, was carried out in the ring. 
because like I just said, I gave you examples yeah. and, and then there are more examples, uh, not as high profile as that, that Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels thing, which was like 1997. But uh, in order for this to work, it'd have to be bound by some sort of document that showed even if they didn't actually execute this the right way, this is the way it was scripted because that's what pro wrestling is. And then how do they go about undoing that? Because if you're watching it on TV and somebody else wins versus what was in the Ernst & Young envelope, then how do you undo it? And then how do you go back to trusting the entertainment that you're watching? And if we're going to bet on this, can we start betting on scripted movies? You know, I'm going to go see Creed, and I bet you by the end Creed's going to win. You know, like, <laughs> is, is that what we're coming to? Are we going to start betting on that kind of thing? Because it seems kind of similar, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody who's part of the movie would know the end of the movie. You know who would bet on this? People who buy ranch ice cream at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> See how this hour's coming together? <laughs> it all feeds into the 6 o'clock hour. I'm going to wager on the big match tonight. <laughs> I got my tub of ranch ice cream from Walmart. My money's on the ultimate weapon. <laughs> the ultimate I've been weapon. to his matches. It's pretty good. And they are, I mean, it's real blood, and they're, you know, they're really... Hurting their backs and yeah. doing stuff, but I mean, in the end, it's uh, it's like a stuntman. They're they're acting out a movie scene. Now, I'd bet on the, the the things that you couldn't predict that didn't have a script. Like, ooh, I bet he's going to hurt his back, or somebody's going to stub their toe, or somebody's going to get tangled in the ropes. Mm-hmm. Those things might be fun to bet on because you couldn't predict those, right? Maybe the tangled in the ropes. Or things thing, like, but... what will Beth say next? What, <laughs> what song? Well, congratulations, you made it to Friday. Friday, March 10th. This is Good Morning BT, and we are here in the Ty Boyd studio. And I don't know if y'all know about this, but I know the Tar Heels lost last night, and we will talk to Sharon Thorsland coming up at 720. And uh, maybe have to get Bernie in on that conversation, too, the Wolfpacker that he is. But, you know, there is basketball in the Dean Dome this weekend. Yes, and this is a big deal, especially for you. Well, and a lot of other uh, Myers Park High School alums, because for the first time in uh, over 50 years, uh, the Myers Park Mustangs are in the state championship, going to play 730 uh, at the Dean Dome tomorrow night against Richmond Senior. Uh, and so I'm going to that game. I'm very excited. I've, I've seen. You've had a busy basketball week. I don't know. Are you? Know. Da- are you? Is it a boys' trip? Are you taking like your man friends no, and you're I, all going together? I'm, I'm going with my wife. Oh, and, okay. And my kids. Uh, my, my son is a student there, so he's he's going with uh, with students. But uh, my daughter's uh, in town, and so we're going to go up there. And and uh, I, it's so they have what twenty one thousand ish seats in that place. And uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty packed. I mean, they're really I mean, so, so Richmond senior. What I know about Richmond is um, we played them. I say we, you know, the Myers Park played them in the football playoffs a few years ago. And so that was on their home turf. And, and I think the whole town was there. I mean, it was a massive uh, football stadium for high school. And so they, they have a huge fan base. And Myers Park obviously is is attracting a lot of uh, not just uh, current uh, students, but a lot of alums going to see this this weekend but all the maze going i all the maze well see that's the thing uh i I have a feeling that like like uh uh, dewey ferris also is a myers park grad who uh is on the uh, tar heel team right now 
Uh, and and I imagine that all these Tar Heels that may have been in Greensboro had other things happen. We'll probably be in the Dean Dome tomorrow night to uh, to watch the the Mustangs in the state championship games. And by the way, uh, I mentioned the Myers Park game. There are a bunch of other games too at the other. This is 4A, and then they have uh, I think 3A. They have it. They have the games divided between Reynolds Coliseum and Raleigh and uh, and the Dean Dome. But Reynolds is much smaller. Uh, than the, the Smiths oh, yeah. Center. So oh, yeah. at any rate, uh, this is high school basketball championship weekend for the, the girls and the boys this weekend. But uh, anyway, I had to throw that out there for the, for nice. the Mustangs. But that's so exciting. Can you imagine being a high schooler and walking out onto the court at the Dean Dome? I mean, I went into the Dean Dome once when it was empty because um, I know I, I, I find ways to bring my acapella group into the conversation <laughs> in any way that I can. We were singing at uh, like freshman orientation in the Dean Dome and we went into the Dean Dome to practice and it was empty. And I was like a freshman. I'm like walking out onto the Dean Dome floor and it was insane. Like I got nervous and I wasn't even there to do anything. I've been to one game there. I actually Pardon, saw right? NC State beat North Carolina there about five years ago. And uh, my son went to NC State, so I, I went to Reynolds, which is the, the, is the old court, of course, because they play at the big PNC arena now. And I brought a basketball. We walked onto the floor at Reynolds and shot hoop, and we're shooting out there for like 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, there's no one in there, like your acapella thing. The lights just go out. Like somebody just turned the lights out on us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where the ROTC and all that is. At least it was then it a couple years scary? ago. Reynolds. No, I feel like someone's like telling us, get out. Stop it wasn't that it was hoops. scary. It's just like, oh. It's kind of weird, like in the silence, like no one said anything, just the lights went out, and it's like three in the afternoon. And I'm like, well, that was kind of a jerk move. But right. Reynolds is all, I mean, I, I've told y'all before, when I was a kid, I went to Valvano, Jim Valvano basketball camp, and uh, went in for two years when I was in middle school. And uh, that's Reynolds was where they had all the activities, and that's when they still played in Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back there with my daughter when we were, uh, she was looking at schools, and we went up to visit NC State, and they've completely renovated Reynolds. I mean, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Uh, it was all, you know, back in the 80s, it was kind of like this, and it still is an old building, but they, that my point is, they've, they've really uh, updated it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's still, you know, has the, the, they've, they've retained the nostalgia of it. But it, it's modernized. But at any rate, there that's a small venue. I mean, you think about this, Zoki. 21,750 people is what the capacity of the Dean Dome is. Mm. You know, that's like close to what the old the old new Charlotte Coliseum that mm-hmm. they turned down. That had 23,000 seats. I mean, so the Dean Dome is it's bigger. Huge. It's bigger than the Spectrum Center. Uh, and it's bigger than most... I mean, Syracuse plays in a football stadium, mm-hmm. but I mean, there aren't many basketball, college basketball venues in the country that are as big as that. That's intimidating, yep. but how cool for those high schoolers, especially, you know, if you're a freshman on the, the varsity team or something, a freshman in high school and you're playing at the Dean Dome, I'm so excited for them. Now, Carmi- Carmichael's still there, right? Yeah, yeah Carmichael's yeah, still, I there, yeah. still there. I never saw, never saw a game. I've Actually, never been inside Carmichael. Oh, we t- we had gym class in uh, Carmichael once or twice, but I saw my first Carolina State game at Reynolds, and I was dating a guy from state, and it was one of our first dates, and I had this cute little red sweater, and it did not occur to me <laughs> that I was wearing a red sweater to a state game. I just wanted to look cute for the date, and then I sat in the student section with him, and the camera zoomed in on me. So all of my friends who were watching the Carolina game back at Carolina are like, what is Beth doing in the student section at State? You don't even a, go to games. In a red sweater. <laughs> like you were probably just on a date. I was literally just on a date. And there happened to be a basketball game going and on. And they happened to zoom in. Beth is like, on what me. sport is this? <laughs> Sounds like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
<laughs> on the jumbotron. That's exactly what happened. It was awful. So uh, basketball, high school basketball in Reynolds and the Dean Dome this weekend. And when we come back, we're going to bring in uh, our other. So so Beth's obviously a, a Carolina alum, mm-hmm. but Sharon Thorsland, we all know this, uh, was at the ACC tournament this week and is uh, boy, uh, you know, you, you can't always detect dejection in texts yeah but i but i can today i just texted her about coming on and she's like yeah I'll come on talk about tar heels but we're like Aww. 14 crying sad emoji mm-hmm. faces P- pretty much thumbs down <laughs> thumbs down emoji yeah and then you, you start texting bernie about the wolf pack and it's kind of the same thing but oh want well we need to play the today's song and get some joy back in this room or john, oh. john have daniel powder ready for the segment oh. yeah it's always at the ready because <laughs> i already used it because morning. one of us in the room it always applies to somebody in the room yeah. during the morning yeah. uh, unfortunately mostly me <laughs> on WBT ACC Tournament Recap with Sharon Thorsland and the Zoke coming up. And next hour, the return of Sean O'Connell on Friday ahead of the Oscars. And then Charlotte's most beloved John Hancock, of course, will take us home in the 9 o'clock hour. It's a busy Friday, but we like that. Yeah, I got to start with this version of the fight song today. Kind of the whimper song today, unfortunately. And so we bring on, on Friday morning, WBT's Sharon Thorsland. Sharon, I don't have to ask how you are, I know, but <laughs> but I'll just say it anyway. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Oh, my gosh. It's just like I should have expected this, you know, but I just always go into every single Carolina game ever with, you know, the highest of hopes and the utmost optimism, and then I get disappointed, so... <laughs> <laughs> it is not the, the weather outside mimics my mood. Let's put it that way. Mm, so it's not a Carolina blue sky today. <laughs> it is not. So how appropriate. God is morning with me. <laughs> my, my question to you, Sharon, is do you think they can reach the final four of the NIT? Ah, oh, See, if, if it's that bad that we actually do make the NIT and don't squeeze, I, I, I'm still holding. I told Bernie, I'm still holding out hope that like Rutgers loses today. Penn State loses. I need these people to lose. And then, because they're like the last four in, and I'm like, how is Carolina not better than Rutgers? Hello. So I'm hoping that they'll lose today and that we'll go from the last four out or the first four out to the last four in. That'd be like the biggest Cinderella story ever if we ended up (laughs) at the NCAA. I woke up this morning to this headline. North Carolina already lost more games than any other AP preseason number one team ever has. Oh, Lord. Well, it was just not our year, obviously. I've been blaming Pete Nance all year long, but um, obviously there's more issues than just Pete Nance. But since he played for a former Dukey up there at Northwestern and came to infiltrate our program, I've been blaming him. But Well, I mean, Duke is the only tobacco road team that emerged from yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Wake, yeah and in a big way, too. Wake, Wake lost and uh, NC State. Yep. That's I mean, come on, 80 yeah, to 54? I mean, I was stunned by that. I really thought NC State was going to win. I really thought they would. So um, I, I was really surprised with that. I kind of actually went to bed at halftime, and um, I, when I woke up to that news this morning, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I'll go <laughs> so. a step further. I think this is collectively the worst season of ACC basketball ever. Oh, because there's not even there's not Sharon right. There's not going to be even a one or a two seed out of the entire. Yeah. yeah. There's always multiple number ones and multiple number twos. And there's not going to be any. Like, nobody is a top-tier team in the nation this year out of the entire ACC. 
at least not ranked wise. Like I said, I'll still argue with you on some of those. But I think Duke should be top twenty-five as opposed to say Marquette. But um, that's oh no, no, just there's, there's, there's top twenty-five, bias, but, but there's no top yeah. ten or anything like no, that. No, no, absolutely not. Because even Virginia, you know, um, and granted they're not ranked in the top ten anymore, and they certainly I don't think they deserve to be either. Now Miami, maybe Miami's mm-hmm. looking pretty good. So, but they don't really count because they're Big East. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> but I mean, Clemson's the third seed in the tournament, and Clemson. Uh, it, even though they blew out NC State for a third time last night, Clemson is is not a lock. I mean, Clemson is yeah, still they're, they're doing the Joe Lenardi, and and Clemson yep. is still either uh, next four out or first four out. And yeah, I think if they I win know. tonight and and they move on to the championship, they're they're going to be okay. Uh, you know, NC State. I mean, are we all thinking that that NC State? Uh, everybody been talking about them as a lock, but after the way they performed last night, are, think are we thinking in. that they're still in? I think NC State and Clemson are are both in right now. Yeah, I think State definitely is. And, yeah, how can you – at this point, I think Clemson's got to be in as well, um, even mm-hmm. though they faded down the stretch a little bit there. But that was an impressive impressive win last night for sure. So I, I think that they both get in, definitely. So here is – this is really a question. Now, we were joking about the NIT, but in the postgame press conference last night, Hubert Davis was asked uh, about that uh, – well, some people say national invitational or tournament. <laughs> some people say not in tournament. <laughs> but here was the question. <laughs> if you do have a chance to extend your season, be it in, in the NIT, IT or some other way, would you like to continue playing? Would you accept a bid? How do you think you and the team feels about playing in a, maybe a different tournament? I'm not really, not, I'm not thinking about that at all right now. I, we just lost a game and I'm thinking about them and thinking about this team and that's the only thing on my mind right now. So Armando Baycott was asked the same thing in the locker room, and he said that he did not want to play in the NIT, but he'd do whatever the coach told him to do. But that is a question. Is there a scenario where you could imagine, uh, I mean, do teams do this much? I don't know. Uh, You get an NIT bid, and then you turn it down because you don't want to go? Some people, yeah, that's happened in the past, Mm -hmm. and particularly with the lower-tier tournaments. But um, to me, that would be embarrassing. I mean, hello, do the NIT if you get invited to it and go prove that you're good enough and win it. You know, if you're going to go, go win it. And um, I know that they did go back in the day of Matt Darty that one year, and that was actually a really fun tournament. So um, I could see us – I mean, I I could see them going to the NIT and doing well in it. And to me, it's embarrassing to say no to a chance to go do that. So because it's like you know, I'm gonna take my ball and go home if I don't get to go to the big tournament. So <laughs> well, and if you, I, I think they should go. If you are in the final four of the NIT, you are playing uh, at Madison Square Garden. So yeah, I mean, it is it yeah. is a. I know it, the winner is like, okay, we're number 60, 69 or whatever. <laughs> well, still, I think you're clearly better than that because you have all this. The yeah. tournament teams that get the teams that get in from their conference tournaments, but still, yeah, I think that you would go and, and do that. Now, Caleb Love, I did see his post game comments, and he wants to go if they get into that and play. He wants to go, so you know, it's hard. I'm sure when they're coming off the disappointment of losing to Virginia yesterday, nobody really wants to talk about anything else. And I'm sure after they have a few days of you know sitting back and saying, okay, let's keep playing basketball, nobody wants the season technically to end right now. I would think. Well, so the final four, uh, you got uh, Duke and, and Miami playing, and then you have Virginia yeah. and Clemson. Um, how are we looking? What, what, what are we thinking now? Okay, enough about the tobacco road teams uh, save Duke. Uh, are we, or who we think is going to win this, guys? Sharon? Uh, I think it's going to be Miami that comes out on top, to be honest with you. They've got like, just a combination of phenomenal inside play and then Isaiah Wong, ACC player of the year, that guard out there who is just tremendous. Um, so I think that they can neutralize to some extent Philip Housky in the middle for Duke, and they've got you know a veteran team as opposed to you know five freshmen. So 
uh, and a rookie coach for that matter. So I, I think that Miami can um, pull this one out today. And Clemson UV, I'm sort of torn between right there, but I think Clemson could, could get it done because um, they just have a, a, a better offense, and everybody has a better offense in Virginia except by Tar Heels last night. But um, it, it, if they can get past that crazy defense that that Virginia has, I think it could end up being, of all people, Clemson and Miami in the championship. And I, I think Miami comes out on top with the whole thing now. My initial answer is I don't care who's going to win. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like Sharon. We're, we're uh, at our house. We're at Carolina and State. Everyone's anti-Duke. Um, but I think Virginia will win. I think Virginia will be Clemson yeah. tonight. Their defense is so good, and they're playing like Duke. They're playing the best basketball, I think, right now. Uh, so I think Virginia's dialed in. They're, they're good guard play. Um, so I, I, I know they lost one of their big guys uh, with the injury. But I think uh, Virginia's going to be good enough defensively to frustrate other teams, and they're a hard team to play. Yeah, and, and, and look, uh, all of us are, are um, yeah, just about everybody in this room is, is not happy with how this turned out. But if you look at the games on paper, these are this, this semifinal round is going to be uh, good. I mean, the, the ACC is not as good from top to bottom, but these, I mean, it's chalk. This, it doesn't happen that often in the ACC tournament, but you have the four seeds, one through four, playing tonight. And, mm-hmm. um, so Chalk's we'll like buy and seed. Yep. <laughs> it's like one of those words like chalk. Yep. That's exactly I'm telling you, I'm going to do it one day on this show. We're going to do the etymology of sports terminology. Yeah. And we'll eat edamame while we do it. <laughs> Y'all didn't ask me who I thought was going to win. No, that's good. That, Tar Heels? That's the culmination of the segment. Yes. I was sa- saving the best for last. Who do you think is going to win? I agree with Sharon. I think it's going to be Miami. Miami. I thought she's going to. <laughs> I thought Beth was going to say Maryland. <laughs> I just think the greatest. I always look for a silver lining, guys, in everything. And the silver lining in all of this is I had never heard of the NIT, and now I have. No. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you Did teach you us new that? words every day. Yeah. So it's all fair. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, you know, young Tar Heel fans have never heard of it until now either. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, I only paid attention to when the Tar Heels were winning. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> NC State fans know a lot about the NIT. They're hoping to uh, uh, avoid, you know, it. avoid that this year. Well, they, they will avoid that, but they're hoping to uh, make people think about the big dance they're hopefully going to do well in. So we'll see. March Madness Sunday is a Selection Sunday, and this time next week we'll all, we'll, we will all have filled out our brackets. You and know what's sad is the NIT, it just makes me think of knit, and it makes me think of the comb that you use to get lice out of your hair. So that seems what that <laughs> tournament is. <laughs> it's like the knit comb oh, of Matthew, basketball. You just ruined it for me, Matthew. You just ruined my Tar Heels going to the NIT. You yes. the wrong picture. <laughs> the, uh, the NIT has now been officially renamed to the the Lice Invitational. The Lice Comb Invitational. <laughs> yes, all, right. all right. Thanks, Sharon. Oh, all right. Thanks, guys. At least Sharon has a, an open Friday night now. Yeah. You know? News Talk go. 11, and so does WBT, our regular <laughs> programming tonight, uh, No Tar Heel Basketball. So More Brett Jensen. Back to the News Center. <laughs> Literally, more Brett Jensen. Mm-hmm. Back to the News yeah. Center. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad he's filling in for me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the occasion to talk wrestling, pro wrestling, in a long time here on the show, but we're getting feedback. This is one of those mornings where we're getting constant feedback about various topics that we hit, uh, You know, which, which goes back to what I said earlier. If you don't like what we're talking about right now, stick around. We're going to change soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so real quick, we got a couple of things that we want to uh, relay to people. Zoki just mentioned mm-hmm. the fact that we got some feedback on uh, the renamed NIT tournament. Yes. Did you? 
Or am I thinking of a No, wrong? I got one on ranch dressing. I got <laughs> okay. one on wrestling. Okay. okay. So uh, I'm someone else might have had. Did someone else have one on the other team? I thought somebody sent something Which about Which one do you want first, the ranch dressing or the wrestling? I think uh, ranch dressing, and just for the listeners who are just now tuning in with us, this comment is coming on the heels of our earlier story about the fact that Walmart is uh, going to be carrying a new Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream that is the creamy taste of buttermilk, herbs, and a hint of sweetness. And on Twitter, Carolina Bulldog tweeted to the uh, three of us, fun fact, I assume this is true, in Canada, ranch dressing is called American sauce. <laughs> so available at Walmart, American sauce ice cream. I'd like American sauce. Uh, <laughs> That's ranch dressing. And I, we were talking about a story at the end of last hour that uh, the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, Pro Wrestling, is in talks to uh, possibly have betting, legal betting, on the outcomes of pro wrestling yeah. matches, which most people know are scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we got some feedback on that. For, I, I didn't know till this break that, uh, like me, Bo knows Brad Kane, who's the wrestler Lodi, uh, who worked with our kids uh, in church uh, when they were coming up through high school. And Lodi, Brad Kane says, love this wrestling betting discussion this morning. At Jim Zoki. I think Beth may be correct in her assessment of how many people are involved in the match and finish. When it comes to money, it would require a lot of people to stay quiet, <gasps> which I agree with Gosh, that, too. I'm never right in sports talk. So thanks, Lodi. You're often right. Well, and, and I don't, I've never met Lodi in, in real life, but I, I, I know he uh, follows the show sometimes on social media, and I remember him when he was in uh, WCW. And you know what? It's made me think of also, uh, I think it was one of those times where we were, uh, for one of the hurricanes, we were collecting water bottles over at, uh, at uh, Truist Field, uh, at which time it would have been BB&T Ballpark. And Charles Robinson... The referee in the WWE, probably the highest profile one. I don't know when. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was for a long time. Uh, Charles Robinson. I, he he showed up and he walked up and introduced himself. Says he listens to the station and and they used to call him. There was a storyline for a while where he has blonde hair like like Ric Flair. Oh. So there was a storyline a long time ago where they called him Little Nate. <laughs> but he listens to the show. So you got Lodi out there. You got Charles Robinson. Do we have the ultimate weapon, Chris Williams? Uh, I, he's welcome to call in. I hope he calls in. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. And, and he, I'm no doubt he'll be wearing his singlet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick, Donnie. Donnie, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT, and we were just talking about uh, the the high school uh, state championship games this weekend. I was mentioning Myers Park in action against uh, Richmond Senior at the Dean Dome. That's 4A. Now, Donnie, I also mentioned that Reynolds Coliseum is having some of the 3A championships uh, across town. Yeah, that's correct. The uh, 1 and 3A is over at Reynolds, and the 2 and 4A is at UNC. So who's in the 3A? That uh, who, who are you going to root for? We are going with Central Cabarrus High School. Oh, way to go, Central Cabarrus. And, and who's Central Cabarrus playing? We are playing a team called uh, Northwood out by Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Northwood's okay. got no chance. Central Cabarrus, you guys are the Vikings, no, really right? don't. <laughs> they said they really don't. They don't. <laughs> what's what's the, what's the nickname of Central Cabarrus' team? You're the Vikings, right? Yes, we are the Vikings. Okay. All right. So Central Cabarrus. Yeah, we have an awesome team. We're uh, we're actually 61 and 1 over the last two seasons. Wow. Oh, you're totally going to win. 
Well, yeah. and and you're playing at the house that uh, Valvano and Kay Yao built, and, and yeah. we're playing at the Dean Dome uh, in Chapel so Hill. So, cool. And if you win in Raleigh, you have to have ranch ice cream to celebrate afterwards. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> Smart well, man, Donnie. And, and, and <laughs> even if you don't win, maybe you can go to the to the Lice Comb Invitational. <laughs> so, I don't know. 7.43 on WBT. We'll cross the streams with Brett Winterbull momentarily. Next hour, Sean O'Connell. And uh, the final hour, John Hancock. All right, how about that? We made it to Friday. We're here. Happy Friday to everybody, and you know how we celebrate Fridays around here. Same day we celebrate Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7.50. We cross the streams with Brett Winterbull from yes, uh, 3 to 6 in the afternoon. And how, how the heck are you, Brett? You know, as, uh, as Winger sang, uh, I saw sparks fly from the corner of my eye when I turned ooh, and it was love at first sight. Uh-huh. With us? With us? I, I'm thinking 17. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he had known us when we were 17. Whoa! Yeah. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Good morning to you. We, we of course, love having fun with you, but there are some political headlines yes. that uh, we wanted to get your take on. Um it, it, it just seems daily, of course, we have headlines about former President Dom, Donald Trump. But I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about something specifically. His former attorney, uh, Jenna Ellis, um, this is the big headline from last night. Ex-Trump attorney admits statements about 2020 election were false mm. and is censor, censured by a judge. Now, this is coming on the heels of all of the information that has come out in the Dominion lawsuit um, right. with Fox News Channel and how many of the Fox News personalities were willing mm-hmm. also to tell something different on the air than what they were texting you yep. know, back and forth to each other. What do you think it is about these people who are um, supporters or working for Donald Trump who were willing to put their careers on the line to to maintain what now is coming out as a is really a false narrative? Yeah, uh, th- this is this is what the challenge is, because if you want to go into politics, if you want to go into advocacy right in that regard um you can certainly go and do that if you want to be a journalist that's obviously you you know very well that's a totally different set of standards if you're a lawyer there's a totally different set of standards i mean there's going to be uh, sanction there's going to be a loss of credibility there's going to be all those sorts of things that happen and i i for the life of me um i i don't understand it i i do not understand it it, assuming none of this stuff happened, like assuming like the, the claims of, of vote theft and fixed rigs and all that kind of stuff, right? Assuming that none of that stuff ever happened, um, you had another shot to come back at it, right? You had another shot. He's running now. So you had another shot to come back at it and, 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 and talk about how, you know, the country's gone to hell in a handbasket, right. which actually would have maybe put you in a superior position to get to get elected again. Yes. So I don't I don't understand. And and I, I say this all the time. I mentioned it earlier this week. Like there's a percentage, there's a constituency of people who are involved in politics that have no business being involved in politics, in mm-hmm. law, in media, because they 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 won't they're not functioning out of a place of goodwill. Yes, there's the thing, functioning out of a place of goodwill, being willing to tell an untruth to a large number of people for your own personal gain. Correct. That's problematic. And, and, And so if you're getting new information, if you're getting new information and you're not acknowledging that that new information is important, 
And, and it goes, it does, it does go both ways, right? Because people believed you had to put, you know, shopping bags over your face to not get COVID right. once upon a time. Right, right. And then we realized, no, you know what? The masks don't really matter. Doesn't really matter. We don't have to do that anymore. Um, you have to be willing to take that new information. I get it. I get it. It's a frustrating thing to watch. Trust me. I'm a conservative. I'm, I, I know where I stand and I am frustrated with the administration. But we have one administration at a time. They tried to overthrow the Trump administration through the FBI efforts and things like that. I mean, this is this is a tough situation. But like Jenna Ellis, I've had her on my show um, prior to to to, to the, all these other narratives that were coming out. Right. And she seemed like a serious person. Exactly. I would, I would not risk if I'm dropping six hundred thousand uh, dollars on on becoming a lawyer, mm -hmm. uh, remaining a lawyer, having to defend myself as a lawyer and all that. At some point, you got to walk away from that and say, you know what? I, I need to have a job. I mean, you have to. It, it, there's a there's a there's a very strong LARPing culture in our country. This live action role play. This what it's what it's what these weirdo protesters are always doing, and they confront people in public, and they do different things like that. We have got so much time on our hands. And um, again, as I say this, there's a constituency in this country on the right and the left who I just don't think should be involved in politics. I just don't think it's their game. Okay, you want some uh, some Friday lighter news? But, <laughs> oh man, I, uh, big lighter. But st <laughs> but still about Trump. Did you hear, yeah. uh, did you hear about this? Uh, a new book will release next month mm. called Letters to Trump, mm -mm. and it's going to be letters that. And this is pre presidency. This is pre political Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, but letters to Trump will include private correspondence with former presidents uh, that he had, like including Obama. George W. Bush, Richard Nixon. Uh, there are letters between Trump and Oprah. Uh, there are letters uh, North Korea's Kim Jong Un, Michael Jackson. Uh, so this is kind of going. You know, this is this is like Apprentice era Trump, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 I guess maybe a, a window into some of what maybe you'll see if President Trump's not successful uh, in a second term of the White House. Then then what does the what does the post presidency Trump sort of settle back into? I don't know. And 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 you know I, I know he's gonna there's gonna be plenty of of, of serious and political uh, things that he will do and talk about. But this may be a window into maybe the lighter side of what he'll sort of slowly embrace yeah. again once uh, once yeah. political life is over. And if you call now, I will sell you <laughs> the right. shirt I wore when I shook hands with Crooked <laughs> Hillary at the debate. Or when, at Chelsea's wedding. At Chelsea's wedding. That's right. It was unbelievable. When the book's over, it Le continues on eBay. Letters <laughs> letters to Trump. What is it called? Letters to Trump? Yeah, it's called Letters uh, to Trump. I was a big fan of Letters from Cleo. Yeah. Letters to Cleo back in the uh, 90s, here and now. But I don't know, dude. I don't understand this at all man i mean i don't uh, i don't see, what are we you, selling you were you were reading the limbaugh letter we know that the, let me tell you something the limbaugh letter i still have the subscriptions mm -hmm. i i i i enjoyed the the limbaugh letter was a, was a fun time man i, mean, I was, it was I good was, stuff i got the limbaugh letter once upon a time diddle up, diddle up, diddle up, that's diddle right up. so that's a good way to say diddle up diddle up diddle up yeah. What's coming up on the Brett Winterbull show? Hey, so we're going to um, we're going to uh, take a look, uh, a deeper dive into what we saw yesterday uh, with the Schellenberger Taibbi uh, episodes. Also, um, 
the, the, the truth is really starting to come out in a huge fire hose uh, with what happened in the Afghan pullout. And then everything else that's going to be uh, moving. i got a couple of terrific guests who are going to be joining me uh, this afternoon. And uh, we're going to have a great time, man. You well, know? thank you for saying that. I'll be there at 5.05. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to play We're going to play Stump the Bow. Oh, wow. Stump the Bow. I didn't know that. You know? I don't know. Now I have to create Now this, you have uh, to create yeah. Stump the Bow. <laughs> just ask him definitions of really big words. That's a good thing. I like that. And I just want to say that you two are my favorite peeps. That's the best thing to do to me uh, on at, at 5.05 on my Friday afternoon. Exactly. Yes. He's got the Bud Light Lime ready to go, and you're going to ask him ask him SAT questions. Because I'll be honest, there have been a few times. I mean, it's, it's my last stop for the week. It's the yeah. last work thing that I do yeah. for the week. Yeah. And every once in a while, I've like, oh, be easy on me, Brett. Be easy on me because I'm, I'm, I'm You've already half, shut your brain off. I'm, I'm halfway to weekend mode. But What's a rhombus? Yeah. <laughs> on that note, we'll talk to you then. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Friday morning, News Talk 1110 WBT. Beth Troutman, Bo Thompson, The Zoke, John Moore, Bernie, Hancock in a little while. Sean O'Connell coming up at 820. Don't look now. It's spring forward weekend. Whoa. <laughs> it's my least favorite weekend of the entire year. I always love weekends. I despise this weekend. I lived in Arizona for like five years, and they don't recognize daylight saving time. And it Thank was, you. It was glorious. Why can't we all be like Arizona? Well, they're trying. They're trying I to get this, this passed never do. legislation passed to get this to be a not a thing anymore. We don't need it. Is I it a little? Am I wrong? Is it like a little Marco Rubio's in charge of this? Yes, uh-huh. he, he needs to get that done. He introduced it. Yeah, um, actually, John Moore. Uh, for some context on that, can you give me uh, give me uh, which one? Fox One, real yes. quick, because this this before I know Beth has something to add to this about um, how you might combat the yeah, weekend I, you're not looking forward I to. I just want to help people. But for Zoki here, some background. On Saturday night, we spring forward again, losing an hour of sleep but gaining that extra evening sunshine. However, some lawmakers have had enough of this back and forth, and it's one thing red and blue agree on. Democratic Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts and Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida are back with their Sunshine Protection Act. It would make daylight saving time permanent. Not everyone loves that idea, though. It would mean dark winter mornings. The Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act last year. It died in the House, though, after representatives heard from organizations like the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, which argued too much light later in the day can mess with the circadian rhythm and our sleep cycles. They argued for permanent standard time. See, I feel like this is one of those things, it's, it's like Groundhog Day now. Like, mm-hmm. every time this, this comes around, we have this conversation, and it sounds like we're getting... You know, cl- a little bit closer each time, but but we can't quite close the deal. Well, what we should keep is the time we're on right now, because that 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 gets rid of the daylight saving time thing. We don't have to change the clocks forward or back, but it 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 it, it plays into what the American Sleep Society or whatever that organization was called um, is worried about, and it's the daylight later into the day. If we kept the clocks where they are right now. We would have a little bit of the the more that equilibrium to get our circadian rhythms in the right place. But because we're not there yet, because we can't not spring forward, I'm so mad at the clocks. Um, 
I have some tips. I have some tips. I've been researching this because I have. we have a weird schedule anyway. So I've been trying to figure out how to get my body prepared. And so I wanted to share some of this with our listeners who are probably dreading the idea of Monday morning coming up because they're going to lose an hour of sleep. So here's the thing. The first thing you should do is starting tonight, go to bed 15 to 20 minutes earlier. 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. That's not a lot. 15 to 20 minutes earlier. And then tomorrow night, 15 to 20 minutes earlier than that time. So you're almost going to bed an hour earlier, but you're kind of setting your body up for it. On Sunday, when the clock has actually sprung forward, get up at your normal time. Don't sleep in. Don't sleep in later to make up for it. If you have normally a a church Sunday school class that you go to at 9 a.m. on Sundays or maybe like a yoga class that you go to at 9 a.m. on Sundays, keep those plans. Even though your body will think that it's 8 a.m., keep the plans that you have and put yourself back into your normal schedule. And if you're doing that on top of going to bed to a little earlier tonight, a little earlier tomorrow night, you're going to have an easier time. Keep your dinner time, your dinner time, if you always eat at five, eat at five. Don't don't change around because your body doesn't feel hungry or your body hasn't adjusted yet. Kind of force yourself into that schedule. Eat dinner time at the same time. Now, have you ever actually tried any of this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, she's, she, I'm listening to her and I'm listening. I'm going, I'm not going to do any of these things. Because we're not that regimented with our dinners or our sleep. Like, it, it varies. I know you're supposed to. To have good sleep, you're supposed to go to uh-huh. bed and have a schedule, and that's how your body knows to go to sleep. The reality is 365 out of the year, every day is different, every night is different for right. us. It just varies. But the way that you said that, I mean, I'm listening to you, So, and, and Jim is too, and, and, and you, what you said makes all the sense you're in the right. world. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And, and you say it with the conviction that, like, you've done this. Have you ever actually <laughs> tried this? Does um, it work, Beth? I will tell you that I, 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 I do do the dinner time thing. I have done <laughs> Y'all thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? No, you did oh, say no, you did. You said it. <laughs> you said you do. <laughs> At while the same I, time. While I was taking a sip of coffee, you said I do do. And I, um, yep. You guys are such little boys. We, we miss nothing. <laughs> That's why we go on little boy trips. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done the go to bed earlier, like twenty, just 20 minutes earlier. I, I might try that tonight, although it's Friday night and I have dinner plans tonight, so I don't know how I could go to bed at like 6.30 because normally I'm trying to go to bed at Well, you know, that's like what seven. I was thinking when you said that. Uh, it seems to me that if we're to do what you said, it'd make a lot more sense if the time change was on a weeknight and not a weekend night. Right. It would make a, it would be I, maybe a little bit easier to, to ease into it if you're trying these schedule things. I am very, now that I'm working this schedule with you guys, I am very regimented. I, tr- I try to get to bed at exactly the same time, and I try to get up at exactly the same time. I try to eat at exactly the same times. I do have a pretty set dinner time because I know what time I want to go to bed, and I want my body to be able to digest my food before then. So I can see these things working now that I am incredibly regimented you because of you. Because you of boil you. your egg every day. I mean, you're very regimented. I do. I boil my egg but every like, day. I cook my sausage every day. I don't day. get up as early as... Bo and John and Mark Harrison, but I get up at four every day, which to me is not a normal occurrence as far as what my body would want to do. Right. And so on the weekends, I don't get up at four. I'll get up at like 8.30 or 9 tomorrow and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bo called me Friday 
from Seabrook and said, can you come on and talk about Jerry Richardson? I go, what, what you got after like 8.30? <laughs> I said, 8.30 on, I'm good. Because I knew I, I did. I, I set an alarm, but I didn't, an alarm woke me up at 8 o'clock to come on on Friday because, so I have to catch up on the weekends. My weekends are completely different. And I always, I always tell people when we, inevitably if I meet somebody and we start talking about what do you do and we talk about eventually what time I get up, I say, well, you know, no, it's not fun getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but on the weekends, it's kind of like back when you were in high school where you got to sleep till noon because we can do the equivalent of that, and it doesn't really change the the rest of the household. It's so bad for your body, oh, though. Oh, I know, but mm-hmm. look at me. I, how many Diet Cokes do I drink I know. This is why I'm worried. I need to get you guys on a schedule because we need right. to keep this going for another two decades. Can you call us every morning? And- <laughs> Wake us up with a song? Only after 8.30, though. Yes. Wake I us c- up with a song of the day on Saturday morning. I could. At 3.30. Um, at 4 a.m., I'll call you. News Talk 1110 WBT Friday morning. Always a great Friday when we can bring on the uh, managing editor of CinemaBlend.com and longtime uh, mainstay with us here. On WBT and Good Morning BT, Bo and Beth, and happy Friday to Sean O'Connell. How's it going? Good, guys. How are you today? Hey, Good. we're great. We're so excited to have you here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've got the, the Mandalorian theme going there, and uh, season season three has kicked in on Disney+. Plus. Have you had a chance to uh, spend any time with the first couple of episodes? So I watched them, Bo, and and I like them. I think they're I think they're fine. But I, if I'm being honest with you, and I, I'm curious what your take on this is, it doesn't have the same urgency that it that it had for the previous two. Like with this uh, season in particular, I kind of remember like a day or so later, like ah oh, yeah, there's a new Mandalorian. Maybe I'll watch that tonight, kind of thing. Um, whereas I think with the other two, you know, I was I was fired up for the new episodes to drop. Are, do you feel similar, or are you pretty much like still tuned in? Well, I think part of the problem with me is I just finished watching Andor over uh, like like Christmas break, and and that is the, I mean to me that's that's the best Star Wars anything I've seen since maybe uh, Empire Strikes Back. So uh, you come off of that, and, and Mando seems almost kind of a little little comical. Plus the whole thing of, um, and I know Beth agrees with this, but if you if you watch the Boba Fett series, oh yeah. Yeah. If you watched Boba Fett, then, you know, the Mandalorian came in for like an episode arc in the middle of that. And and there was a lot that happened with that storyline. If you didn't watch Boba Fett, then you kind of come into this missing some key facts. And and that's that's an interesting choice, I think, by uh, by Favreau, who's the who's the creator of this series. Well, it's a little bit Marvel. Like Marvel has that issue right now that if you're not watching each of the television shows and the movies, sometimes you get to a point where characters get introduced or there's plot lines that have advanced and you think well, that's not where we left off in the last time and then you're then you're behind and you're trying to yes, i don't know i think eventually this the, the season in particular is going to hit its stride and and we'll kick back off with um you know a big story going on but i but, but right now at the moment i'm kind of just like yeah it's okay it's okay yeah i actually am right with you i mean i'm going to watch because I've, I've i've watched from the beginning but uh, i'm not quite as energized by it maybe that changes but uh i know beth is uh beth has about five or six more mandalorian questions but um <laughs> i want to move on to the oscars <laughs> oh that was those were the big questions for me Bo. the, the oscars <laughs> and sunday night here we go i love the oscars and i know it's dorky to love the oscars but i always do i know even even last year when it started out really boring I, you know you ended up with a chris rock moment and the the will smith moment and uh yep 
now everybody's going to be watching this year, waiting to see what happens. Now, now shouldn't they just uh, double down? And I know that Will Smith is banned for a while, but but shouldn't they just? I mean, wouldn't it be a genius move to have Will Smith and and Chris Rock walk out at the very beginning <gasps> and present together, <laughs> or even just stand there and say nothing, and everybody's like, <gasps> you know, do the monologue, react yeah. the moment. Oh, God, you guys are, are tempting fate at this point. I don't, I don't know if that's such a good idea. That's almost like uh, the Academy saying, hey, remember the worst moment in our history? Like, let's, let's dig that back up again and celebrate. Let's recreate it. Yeah, they're really hoping to move on from this. Um, and you're right. I mean, the shock value is going to last for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. And then people are going to be reminded that the Oscars are a slog, and it's a three-and-a-half-hour show that, that could be an email if it needed to be. And, and uh, <laughs> we'll try to get through it. Well, do you? that leads us to the, the obvious question. Do you have predictions? I mean, is Brandon Frazier, is he best actor, or is it going to go to um, his name just slipped my head, the guy from Elvis? Are there some predictions? Oh, awesome some. Op- yeah. Yes, Austin, yeah, Butler. Austin Butler. So when I saw The Whale, I said that's the best performance I've seen, you know, not just this year, but in, in several years. And I thought Brendan Fraser was a lock. It does feel like momentum has swung over to Austin Butler, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won for um, for Elvis. But but Brendan Fraser won the SAG Awards, which is Screen Actors Guild, and, and the actors vote for the actors. And, and so that's a good sign that he's probably going to win. He also gave a really great speech at the Critics' Choice Association, and I know that stuff like that shouldn't really matter, but it does. People who are voting want to see him get back up there and almost have this, you know, career achievement award because they love him. He's a nice guy, and, and all those things are factors. Well, uh, if we remember back uh, a few months ago to the Golden Globes, uh, this was one of the, the highlights, I thought, right here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I was raised to never forget where I came from and to always remember who gave me my first opportunity. I am so happy to see Steven Spielberg here tonight. Steven, thank you. So so we've seen, and I'm going to say short round and data, because that's what I remember him as, uh, but but this this kid who is gone, he's not a kid anymore, but gone for 30 years and, and now is back, and, and now the movie's name escapes me. It's... Um, uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. There we go. Uh, is he going to win on, on Sunday night and make this uh, Steven Spielberg uh, love fest? Uh, I mean, is this going to happen on the biggest stage of all? That is the only lock of the evening. Yeah. There is no one even close to upsetting Ki Hoi Kwan. He has won every single award uh, up to this point. He deserves it, and I cannot wait to see him win. He'll probably be the first award of the night. Usually they go with one of the supporting categories. And because there's no drama associated with his category, I guarantee he'll go pretty early in the night. Oh, and what about from the same movie? You've got Jamie Lee Curtis, who who made headlines for skipping the Oscars dinner because she said, ah, that's just too late for me. And we were just talking about going to bed early because of daylight saving time. Yeah, Do you yeah. think that she might uh, come home with a trophy? It, no, I don't think so. Um, it feels like it's going to go to Angela Bassett. Uh, she's up for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, it's almost like they're ready to start rewarding uh, actors who are in Marvel movies and recognizing that they're actually giving performances because she gives a terrific performance in that. She also, like, we live in a world where Angela Bassett doesn't have an Oscar, and that's a crime, so mm-hmm. you can rectify two different things at once. Jamie Lee Curtis, remarkably, this is her first Oscar nomination of her entire career. That blows me away. Um and so, you know, sometimes they say, oh, these other actors will get another shot at it. She's going to show up in something else. I don't know if Jamie Lee Curtis is going to get another shot in this. She keeps making Halloween movies, and they don't get nominated. So, um, But I think, I honestly, think this is Angela Bassett's uh, Oscar to lose. 
Well, since you mentioned uh, Halloween and horror movies there, uh, Scream, is it six? Technically, Scream 6 opens today, and it still has Courtney Cox in it. I don't know uh, who else is still around for the sixth one, but you, you saw this movie, right? I did, and I really liked it a lot. And it's funny that you say, like, okay, so Courtney Cox is in it, but none of the other originals are. Because in the last movie, Scream 5, essentially, which was like a reboot of the franchise, it introduced new characters. And Jenna Ortega plays one of them. She's Wednesday on the Netflix series. And uh, Melissa Barrera is one of them as well, too. And I feel with Scream 6, They've moved on from the Nev Campbells and Courtney Coxes of it all. It's now their franchise. And so I'm invested in them as characters. And this one moves to New York City. And the Kills guys, they are brutal. Brutal. Uh, Even by Scream standards. So if you love Scream uh, or you just want to go out and see something that's, you know, kind of terrifying and, and kind of vicious, uh, I highly recommend Scream 6. I thought it was really well done. That's another way of saying it's better than Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, much better. the Friday 13th movie where he's on a boat for an hour and a half? I, I believe that was part eight, if I remember yes, correctly, was. being an yes, 80s kid that I am. Uh, yeah. Hey, we want to remind you, With Great Power, How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood is Sean's latest book. He's on the book tour right now, and you can buy that wherever you buy books at uh, digital booksellers and also brick-and-mortar booksellers. And uh, I know the book is doing really well, and I want to make sure people know about that. You guys are the best. I appreciate that more than anything. We love you. Real quick, best picture prediction for the Oscars on Sunday. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. All I right. can't see that thing losing its momentum. There you go. Have a great weekend, Sean. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. WPT. Friday morning ahead of Spring Forward Weekend. Ugh. Boo. I keep saying it just like that. Ugh. Boo. Man. Yeah, I mean, Man. that's what everybody... <laughs> Who all likes... moving to Phoenix. Yeah. And parts of Indiana, I think. <laughs> You're like one county it's in like Indiana. One county in Indiana. What is that? Yeah. One? Peter has been waiting for nearly half an hour to chime in on this. I really appreciate it. He's been patient. You know, we had Sean O'Connell scheduled. So, Peter, um, I hope you've uh, you know had a nice time on hold. And uh, what you got? Uh, well, I'm first time caller. <gasps> hey! hey! We're so excited to hear from you. you. Can replace Bernie. Uh, late '80s, early '90s. I listened to Rush Limbaugh with my father. So I've been listening to WBT for a very long time. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate awesome. it. Yep. Um, so my idea on time change is uh, why don't we just move the clocks forward half an hour and leave it there? Oh, oh compromise. I'm compromise cool with that. Everybody. So basically meet in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, there you right. go. Peter's right. There you go. Half an hour. That won't disturb my sleep as much. It won't freak me out as much. And we still get, you know, pretty good amounts of sunlight in the morning and night. Right yeah. in the middle. And Peter was the middle brother from the Brady Bunch. So this all makes sense. It's like all... symmetry. Well, my family was very big. I uh, <laughs> come from a family of 10. So wow. Seven. Wow, Peter. All right. I like that idea. When, I... when Sandra was in India, she was there uh, for a wedding in January. They're ten and a half hours ahead of our time here, which I thought was so odd. Was so if we go to the half hour, it'll be like ten. It'll be ten hours it'll be instead. Yeah. Sense. Well, if everybody goes by, they'll still be ten and a half. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Peter, uh, well, if you move it, you won't notice the difference. <laughs> it makes sense. Just our part of the world. Well, we're gonna call this. We're gonna call this the Peter Rule. The Peter Principle. The Peter Principle. That's a great. Tip. I like it. So, uh, whenever it's referred to, and, and whenever we say this now, we're going to remember this call with Peter, who waited thirty minutes. Hey, you waited thirty minutes oh! to tell us about moving oh. the clock thirty minutes. How about that? 
Yeah, it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter. Well, hey. this, is, this is for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, anything else you have to say before you before you leave us? Uh, I just want to say hi to my wife and kids because I think they're listening. Oh, that's oh, great. Peter, you're nice. so sweet. Thank you, Peter. It actually turned into daylight while he was holding her that time. <laughs> that's right. All right. Oh, that Poor was cool. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I love that he's been listening since the 80s, and he was a first-time caller. No, he was on hold since on, the 80s. He was on hold since <laughs> the 80s. And you know what? Here's the thing. The phones, same ones we used in the 80s. Hello, caller. Y'all think I'm kidding about that. It's the actually Henry Bogan true. Phones. They really are. The, the phone that Bernie uses to pick up and screen the calls is the same phone that was here the first day I ever walked in here in uh, around uh, 8990. Wow. Oh, come back to the newsroom. Quite the museum. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way. Well, I remember when, uh, when it was almost a year ago now. Beth and I were talking about this earlier. It's almost been a year since the 100th anniversary. I can't believe that. But we're we're, we're actually inching closer to our anniversary here on this show. I know. It's our one-year anniversary together. And that means it's really close to the anniversary. But when Paul Ingalls was here last year, and Paul Ingalls was a sports director back in the early 80s. And it was the first time I met him, by the way, yeah. was at the celebration. And he came back. Uh, he's in uh, New Mexico now. He works uh, for public radio out in, San- in uh, uh, Albuquerque. But this is the first time that he'd been back here I think since, at the station at least, since the early 80s. And he was kind of like, yeah, I want to see the newsroom. I, I bet it, ha-ha, still looks the same way it did when I was here. Ha-ha, no way it could be that way. We walked in, and it's literally exactly the same. Wow. <laughs> literally. It's a time yeah. capsule. <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite uh, fascinating, actually. And then, you know, this computer here, we did a segment a few weeks ago about Internet Explorer uh, ending... Uh, Ending support. I can vouch for the fact. Uh, Bernie can tell you I was here after the show yesterday. I was trying to find a computer in here that I could uh, I could get something off of our our logging system, and Internet Explorer is one of the options. I'm looking I, at it right now. If you click on it, you'll see that you don't get support on Internet Explorer anymore. If you come in the so... newsroom, I actually found Cleo Crowder and Scott Kilgore <laughs> sitting in the corner, yes. <laughs> saying, "Whatever happened to Paul Ingalls?" <laughs> Oh, so yes, uh, Bernie. When you when you answer that phone over there, uh, it's 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 like going back in time. You you have no idea how uh, how old school you are. All right. So next hour, speaking of old school, Aww. see what I did there. John Hancock is going to be here from nine until ten. Uh, we've got uh, much more to do as we uh, barrel our way towards a uh, a shortened weekend. Ugh. Yeah. I can't help but make that you know. And I'm a pretty positive, happy gal. I like waking up and I just don't like it when I have to spring that clock forward. I don't you're giving me that David Chadwick vibe of the sun didn't come up the next day. Right. I know. And I'm 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 I am i am going to I'm going to I'm going to find a positive turn, in you, this. You've done it every year. You can turn the court. Well, not every year. You were yeah. in Arizona a couple of years. Yeah, the five years that I lived in Arizona and they didn't recognize daylight saving time, it was glorious, everyone. We all need to jump on that ship. Well, we're glad you're on our ship, and uh, while we're doing, uh, you know, retro stuff, uh, I'll leave you this segment with this right here. Good morning. (laughs) News Talk 1110-WBT, 704-570-1110. Let's go to uh, line one. Spencer, you're on WBT. Hi. Morning, folks. Hey, Spencer. What you got? Um, My problem with... Daylight savings time is in the summer when the astronomy clubs are trying to teach kids about astronomy and stuff, you have to convince parents to stay up to uh, and keep the kids up until 10 o'clock at night. That doesn't float very often. And the amateur astronomy community 
was like that uh, old standard time all year round. Yep. I'm with you. I'm not an astronomer, but I, I'd be with you on the uh, the old standard time being year-round, and that might encourage more young people to become astronomers. Yep, and uh, Boy Scout uh, astronomy merit badges uh, would uh, increase. So when you hear people say uh, first-world problems, you'd say this is an out-of-this-world problem? Oh. oh. <laughs> uh-huh. I like yeah. it, though. <laughs> I, guess not. I, I, I guess have not. a bunch of astronomy jokes, but we don't have time to go no, into I, that. I, I have no doubt that you have plenty in the... probably involve Uranus. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, so, Spencer, Spencer, oh you, you are not looking forward to this weekend, then? Uh, I never look forward to that time change. I have a hard enough time when we, when we travel, uh, mm-hmm. catching up with the time where we end up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's tough on the digestive tract. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to adjust. And, and Just talk about dairy in, in, in a year, I'm going to Texas for an eclipse, and in October, I'm going to Texas for an eclipse, and that that's going to be a, a hard one to uh, get used to. Yeah. Well, it's like one, the Eclipse Club. One of my one of my uh, crowning achievements on this radio station, and John Moore was here for this, and and. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Is what we pulled off. What year was that? Oh, I should ask Spencer. When was the big eclipse that uh, everybody was going nuts about? It was like three or four years ago? 2017. And you had to be, if you were a local, you had to be uh, south of Spartanburg and yep. north of Clemson or, you know, Columbia, something like that. We did all hands on deck team coverage, this radio station did, back on that day. And we were on the air for two hours covering something that. You can't you see on the radio. <laughs> it was. I thought to myself, you know what? You know, for a radio station that you you, you can't see this medium, uh, that's pretty cool. So I did live ever, reporting on fireworks shows downtown, so mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Eric Thomas jump up and down and go crazy? I, uh, I you're going to tell me that that's that's the day he did, right? Yes, he was down there with us in Irmo, South Carolina, and he had his. Uh, uh, a remote truck and uh, two other people, and he had never seen one, and he was gone. Oh, that's sweet. What if he was like double rainbow guy? Yeah. Oh what my does God, it mean? double rainbow. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what. Uh, there are eclipse chasers that have seen dozens. Oh, I bet. I bet. I've seen six. Eric, uh, I'm sorry, Spencer. <laughs> why did I say <laughs> We're Eric? We're about Eric Thomas. That's uh, yeah, why. that's right, Eric Thomas. Eric Spencer, Thomas. Uh, when the next eclipse comes through, we got you on speed dial. Um, well, if you're not getting your your eclipse glasses now, you're not going to get them in September because they'll sell out. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. That's another way of saying you're our guy when the eclipse that's comes. That's exactly right. He knows all the info. Spencer, have a great weekend. It's good to hear from you, as always. You, you do the same. Thank you. Right. I, actually, I actually have some of the coverage. Rings surrounding it. I mean, it really is. This is really cool. And I thought, yeah, no, it's no big deal. This is really pretty fascinating. That's, a good, that's Scott uh, wow. Fitzgerald. 
see what Mark Garrison's going to see. Uh, well, Garrison, Garrison is uh, going to join us momentarily, uh, but oh, we're going to wow. go now to John Hancock, who is out in the parking lot, as uh, we're <laughs> about to hit our point. Uh, closest to totality, 98%, as we've been talking about. Uh, we're about a, a, a couple of minutes away here. Hancock, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Um, it's been interesting from this perspective. We also <laughs> just got a little sliver almost what uh, Scott just uh, described, and, uh, and I don't think it's going to go much farther than that, but we'll keep our eyes on it. But the atmosphere out here, you can notice change over the last 10 to 15 minutes. That, uh, <laughs> if you've ever been out on the plains before a uh, tornado or something like that where it kind of, um, it gets a, a green type of uh, feel to it. Uh, that's that's kind of what you had here, too. And uh, the temperature has noticeably dropped. And do you hear, you know, we've heard all kinds of chatter about what kind of wildlife you would hear or not hear during something like this. And they said that in Charlotte it wouldn't be the thing that it would be in South Carolina. But, what am I even you know, talking I, about? I, I like <laughs> wildlife? <laughs> You're obviously on hour three of your coverage. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, I've never heard the facts, like, the wildlife stops chirping. So what do they call lice combs? <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't, hey, we, we, we may, we, maybe we stretched three hours out of it. I don't know. It has a little War of the Worlds feel to it. It did. Like, it Orson Welles is all we needed directing it. But it also did not sound like Bo to me. That, you don't think that sounded like me? No, it sounded like you We were playing helium. your eclipse coverage, John, of when you were out uh, talking about the eclipse five years ago. Um, and the sun now here, where I'm looking at, is just a real small sliver. I mean, just a just the tip of a fingernail. And again, we're 98 percent, and uh, we're about 30 seconds away from uh, 241, which has been the bullseye target we've talked about for so long. As I'm talking to you, I was just about to say that here the entire world is focused on something other than politics for a change. I looked up at the screen, and there's President Trump out on the balcony at the White House observing. So and now it's all coming together here as we're watching a reaction all across the world. We were talking to Biden. That doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like you to me. Your voice is deeper or something now. Maybe it's all the Diet Coke. <laughs> Closest well, to totality. You captured the excitement of the eclipse, though. <laughs> Obviously. Well, and I think it's funny because do you remember that moment? You were basically, that was when President Trump looked up at the, you're not supposed to stare straight into an eclipse, and he looked straight into it. No, what would appear to be the top side. Um, and I'm watching to see if it gets any skinnier, but uh, now that's probably just about what they said 97.9%. And there you have it. Let's uh, segue here to. Mark Garrison, who is in Columbia, South Carolina. Mark, what do you see or not see? Well, Bo, all of a sudden within the last five minutes, I mean, it feels like uh, 9 o'clock at night here now. The, the temperature has dropped 15 degrees. Listen, you can hear people screaming. He's at the state fair. This crowd here is applauding the sun because the lights are out. The sun just vanished, and it is dark here. The moment of totality in Columbia, wow. South Carolina. Mark Garrison is there yeah. live for us on WBT. And uh, people are uh, shouting and waving some uh, uh, some of these uh, things you get at the beach that, that glow in the dark. They're wearing those. I mean, but what about the wildlife, Mark? Uh, I am just <laughs> flabbergasted. But, you know, you just think about that scripture verse that says the heavens declare the glory of God. And I'm telling you, this does it. It is dark. You cannot see. And now we're taking off our glasses and looking. And what an amazing sight 
the moon is completely covering the sun. Tell me a spaceship landed just there. Just beyond words. <laughs> so 2017, look at what Spencer's call about daylight saving time did. It brought up some history of WBT and and Bo. I think that um, wondered about wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> what are the birds doing? Did the uh, birds know this was happening? Are the crickets involved? In <laughs> what, what if, I'm are they to, wearing glasses? I'm trying to remember because there was something about wildlife. There's a, there's a reason now that I, I asked that. It wasn't just like, hey, so what are the deer doing? How are the animals taking all this? <laughs> what are the snacks? <laughs> yes, that's Mark, what Mark yes, asked. I figure it's like, like fried foods at the state fair. In fairness, this happens. Every, Columbia doesn't realize this. This happens every night that the sun goes down and it becomes dark. So. <laughs> to them, it was something like, oh, that's right. But again, y'all thought I was kidding who weren't here back in 2017. We we did like three hours on the radio covering an eclipse that you can only see. You can't hear an eclipse. Hey, but you guys did. I felt like I was looking at an eclipse while I was listening. It was actually. I like the, the crowd behind Mark. We should do this every night, like at sunset, <laughs> like like a 7:30 or whatever. Be out there, like go and the sun. The sun went down. <laughs> Live coverage. People we'll have it again tomorrow. Covered. They're smiling. What do you think about this? It's awesome. I've, I've, I haven't never seen anything like this before. I've never seen the dark. Nope, me either. <laughs> and uh, we may never see anything like this again. But uh, a lot I saw of it by way of this morning. Taking the uh, chance, they're pointing and looking up at the sun because actually, if you put your glasses on right now, you can't see a thing. That's how dark it is. I mean, the sun is completely obscured by the moon. It's just awesome. Just awesome. Well, there you History go. It is kind of fun. I mean, solar eclipses and lunar eclipses are both kind of a cool spectacle to to be to witness because it it's uh I don't know. There's some it it, it does it does evoke emotion. See uh <laughs> see what Spencer we, we we had no intention of of talking about. This, I know I've had an segment. Instagram story I've been trying to talk about for two days. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should just delete it from your phone because it's not happening. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. John Hancock, WBT, keeping you in touch. Friday morning in the Ty Boyd studio. That means Charlotte's most beloved John Hancock is in the house for the uh, stretch run here. And uh, he walked in the room a few minutes ago and we were playing an old clip of him mm-hmm. at the uh, the Eclipse coverage from 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been around here a long time and, and I've been around here a, a spell as well. I <laughs> That was a, quite a unique day. And, and, and I, I've sort of forgotten about it almost. And then Spencer called and was talking about astronomy and so we... We, we, we brought it up, but that was, um, you know, you talk about things that you, what, what crazy things have you broadcast over the years? It was like Y2K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all the hubbub around that. And then that, you remember everybody was being offered uh, the glasses. They were handing the glasses to everybody, oh, cardboard yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and yeah. So I remember standing out here in the back, um, you know, and basically you're broadcasting something that you're not supposed to look at. Right. <laughs> on radio. Uh, yeah, on, on the radio. So, uh, but, you know, that was the news of the day, so uh, you did what you got to do. That's exactly right. And listening back to it, I mean, it was, hey, for, 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 for as much as you can do with something you can't hear on the radio, 
uh, was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, we, I think we conveyed the feeling across the country. I do remember, now that I think about it more, though, it was one of those things where I played the clip a few minutes ago, and everybody's like, oh, there it is. Wow, look at this. But for the first 45 minutes, it was basically, John, you see anything out there? No, back to you, Bo. Garrison, uh, Gillespie, uh, Scott Fitzgerald, and, and, and it was kind of like, out. <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm back here at Ground Central, and no one can see anything. Back to you, Bob. And if there was, you're not supposed to look at it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're going to broadcast the thing that you shouldn't look at. Okay, I'm confused because this is a hearing medium. Right, right. But you do what you got to do. I mean, uh, it was great to listen to it. I was, I was highly entertained in that last uh, segment, listening back to your 2017 coverage. Well, the best play-by-play guys are, are for the most part, are radio guys because they're the yeah. ones that have to paint the picture that you can't see. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a, there's very much of an art to it, and and sometimes you and I fall into that category, and and the station does on days like that. But I remember, I remember very specifically when they said, hey. Uh, next uh, Tuesday or whatever it was, uh, we're going to do continuing coverage of the eclipse. And I remember thinking, <laughs> that's funny. And then he said, no, we really are. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, the aftermath. Well. <laughs> I used to, back before they put them on TV, used to listen to uh, Muhammad Ali fights on the radio. And to this day, I would rather listen to a big fight on the radio than I would to watch it on TV because a good announcer... Um, can paint a picture, and, and it's you know it's it's kind of why the book is always better than the movie. Right, it's almost better to imagine in your brain what all of this looks. That's and why feels movies like. are sometimes disappointing because yes. they don't meet your expectations. Yes, I I I 100% agree. Every book that I've ever read is. 150 times better than every movie version of that same book. When I was seven or eight years old, we moved to St. Louis for a few years, and um, Mom used to send me to bed, and I would stick that transistor radio plug in my ear, Mm -hmm. and I would listen to Harry Carey and his new color guy, Joe Garagiola, call St. Louis Cardinal baseball games. And uh, I was a huge baseball fan. And, and to listen to those guys, and especially uh, Harry Carey, um, describe a, a game, I mean, it, God, it was magic. And I still have the utmost respect for sports guys that announce games and Rosinski and people like that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they do it. Well, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about boxing on the radio. Boxing, I mean, boxing on television is hard enough to find these days because boxing's become such a such a niche sport. I mean, it's not the mainstream. It doesn't have the mainstream interest that it once did. But boxing on the radio, I mean, I was looking for some right here. I am the king. I am the king. Just before knocking out Liston again, this time in the first round of their rematch in 1965, he stunned observers by becoming an Islamic minister and changing his name to Muhammad Ali. So anyway, this is a Bob Costas feature, but it's got some radio play-by-play of boxing oh, in it. you had the I... crowd noise. You could hear the bell in the background, so on and so forth. After he beat Liston, I watched that fight, or listened to that fight with my uh, granddad and my dad. Um, I could still see the room we were sitting in. And uh, in the in, for a while there, in the background, uh, you could hear then Cassius Clay. Uh, I'm the greatest of all time. I'm a, I'm a bad man. And this was a guy who was supposed to get pummeled. Sonny Liston was living in Denver at the time. And right before the fight, Clay came out and stood in his front yard and mocked him. 
Liston said, come on, you know, try, trying to get him to come out. I, it was just, uh, I, re I remember all that stuff, but listening to a fight on the radio, it's with the crowd noise and the... Uh, Paint that picture on the radio. I love it. I wish there. I wish there was more radio play-by-play -play of stuff other than the the regular. I mean, football and basketball and baseball, sure. But like, I mean, boxing back in the day, and hey, even stuff like like looking back and listening back to the 2017 thing we were playing. I mean, I'm glad we try stuff like that because you know it's different. And uh, I think it, when it the problem was is there was uh, obviously a lot of downtime. But when the the thing happened, I think we we. I think it was a good thing that we did. It just I seemed agree. it seemed weird on paper. No, but it was interesting. It was like I said, highly entertaining to listen back to it. I kind of wish, and I didn't grow up in this era, but I would imagine that family time around a radio must have been so much more magical than family time around a television. When you're all sitting and having um, a group experience, but you're having your own individual experience in your mind about what is happening. CBS or Mutual. Uh, back in the 70s, recreated the old theater type stuff, and they would run it overnight. I worked for a radio station in Colorado Springs, and I was running the board, and one of the things I ran was these like recreations shows, of, but it was fascinating. God turned all the lights down in the studio, and uh, and you do. You just get totally caught up with it, and that's, that's the true theater of the mind. That's why radio was so great in the 60s. Uh, a little bit of the 70s, but all those old jocks, that patter, that energy, mm -hmm. uh, and usually the characters, they had, those, those characters were them. Mm -hmm. And they would pre-record the characters and then they would interact with themselves. Yeah. Um, and that was magic. And they were doing it, you know, in between two and a half <laughs> songs. Um, those guys were, that's why when I hear somebody being called great today, I think to myself, oh, God, they, you don't even know. You don't know from great. Yeah, you know, because the guys, the really good ones back in the uh, 60s were, were just magic. Well, you know what we do on Fridays? We bring in one of the greats. Hall of Famer Hancock is with us. He's magic. That's right. That's, uh, yeah. Not like those guys. <laughs> yeah, but see, you can tell the stories. And uh, we, we've got to tell the stories. If we stop telling the stories, then people won't know about the stories. Yeah. So uh, it's part of why, you know, we have a lot of missions here, Beth and me do, but that's one of them that I don't ever want to lose. Good morning, BT. We now return to a WBT Christmas Carol. Hello? Uncle Scrooge? Oh, for crying out loud. As soon as I get a quiet moment, the outside world comes to bother me again. Can't a guy look at his own mail anymore without being interrupted? Answer the door. Come on, my favorite uncle. It's Christmas Eve. Who goes there? I know you're in there, Ebenezer. Oh, please. Not my long-haired night out annoying beyond reproach of a nephew, Fred. I'm going to spread some Christmas cheer on you if it's the last thing I do tonight. Only if you stop making a scene. You get evicted for such nonsense, you know. Come on! Nonsense? Only you could find it in your heart to construe this wonderful night's festivities as a form of nonsense, my misguided uncle. 
Would you please close that door before somebody hears you? Buddy, <laughs> you have got to lighten up. This only happens to be the single most delightful evening of the year, and all you can think about is keeping quiet. That's the most positive I've ever heard John Hancock in my life. Is that me? That's you. That was you? This is Brad Krantz and John Hancock, and this is, uh, I'm playing it because we started talking about old radio dramas, and uh, in 1999, we had a program director here, Randall Bloomquist, who uh, came up with this idea that we would do a radio drama. Now, what I didn't understand at the time was somebody had to produce that. <laughs> that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> that ended up so. But we actually had so much fun with it. We did. Uh, we did a, what you're listening to is a, a Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens. And then a few years later, we did uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." But I'll tell you now. When in the middle of it, it was the most tedious thing I've ever had to put together. Uh, and you had to corral everybody in the production studio and everybody record their parts and all the sound effects. Oh, you didn't do it live. No, no. But we, uh, no, there this is all... You now you're starting to get it. I don't want to know Christmas. All I need to know is when it's over. So what brings you here anyway, Fred? As if it's even worth it. I came here to say that Susan and I are having a family Christmas party tomorrow <laughs> night, and I thought I might convince you to come. Well, I don't really have anything to do tomorrow night. Maybe some time spent with everyone might do me some good. I, I knew I could convince you. <laughs> <laughs> you've convinced me, all right. Well, I'm real proud of you for putting aside all of you've the... You've convinced me. No, no, you've confirmed for me that I'm the one sane person in my own family who's smart enough to avoid all this superficial, time-wasting frivolity. Listen, Fred, you go and make merry with the family tomorrow. You go cook that oversized turkey that'll add 20 pounds to your frame. Go poison the children by giving them presents that they assume come free of charge. Go put on your fake happy faces for all those you may encounter. Then call me on December 26th when you have to look back on that exorbitant amount of money you stupidly threw away the day before. Your work is done here. Uncle Ebenezer, I, come on, I almost had you. Deep inside that frigid body, you know you want to come. Oh, well, <laughs> at least I tried. That was you. You don't remember that? No. I mean, I remember doing it, but I uh, wouldn't have picked me out of the... It, it doesn't sound like me to me. Isn't that so funny? How fun! I think we should. I think we should bring this tradition back. I don't think it necessarily has to be Christmas. I he, think we should do some weekend uh, dramedies. He, people turning uh, uh, their uh, radios on right now, thinking to themselves daylight savings time. How far did they turn their clocks up? <laughs> it's well, Christmas around here. One of one Six of months. One of my favorite things about it was um, we had uh, Jacob Marley. And I love Danny Fontana, but in 1999, we had Danny record the Jacob Marley part, and, and Danny it just wasn't his thing. I mean, it, just, it, didn't, sound, it didn't sound authentic to me, so we, I did a re revised version a few years later and with a different Jacob Marley, as you'll hear right here, and I loved the way this turned out. Scrooge. What does that sound? in the house. I'm warning you, I have an armed response alarm system with a panic button. This is a gated community. Come on. Hello, Ebenezer. Jacob? 
That's Ty Boyd. I just took Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, Ty I'm came in here. Fine. And he was awesome. Hold eyes, open them, and uh, you'll be gone. <laughs> it's so crazy that you have Still access to Still the same, Eb. I left seven years ago. So sure you have all the answers. Anyway, so uh, that was that was fun. So so Spencer calls last hour, sent us down the 2017 eclipse coverage, and then uh, now we're now we're talking about uh, the radio drama that was what 1999. So at yeah. K- KBCO, where I worked in Boulder for such a long, long time, on April 1st we used to do a day called Intervention Day, and we would prepare for it all year long, and we would pick a year that we were going to. And we would do commercials that were fitting for that year, and we would write newscasts that were uh, in order for that day and so on and so forth. And so at like 6.12 or something like that, interference would all of a sudden hit the morning show, and all of a sudden we would come out, and it would be 1962. (gasps) And all day long the music was pertinent to 1962 and the newscasts and the commercials and everything and then at 6 p.m uh a little after 6 p.m same thing would happen and all of a sudden we'd be back in real time it was an unbelievable workload but the whole staff worked on this all year long and it was just the most amazing 12 hours of radio you ever heard and i bet the listening audience loved it they couldn't wait until that day happened just to hear what a what day and what year you were going to be broadcasting quote unquote broadcasting from did you pick years in the future as well or was it always the past no it was always the past always the past uh, because we wanted the music to correlate yeah but i remember we did 1963 or something like that when the beatles and so uh you know people were talking about this this is this new band from Liverpool, England. And yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's just unbelievable stuff. But what a great window into, I mean, actual history to give people some kind of indication, especially younger generations who didn't live in that time, to let them feel maybe what that felt like. And like you said, it's theater of the mind when you're telling the stories and you get to picture it in your own mind of what that life must have been like. It's a really personal experience. Yeah, no, no. And if you, I think if you proposed it today... Uh, you'd have an awful lot of people saying, no, it can't be done. I mean, everything was commercials. They might be current sponsors, but they were set in a 1962 theme or whatever. Well, we'll let 1963 will carry us into the news here. And big weekend on the other side. You think you've lost your love when I saw her yesterday? It's you she's thinking of, and she told me why. Big weekend presented by Watson Insurance. There's some friends that I know living in this town, and I've come far to see them. Gonna track them down. They live in a brick house, painted white and brown. Left a tip for the maid, and I packed up my guitar, dropped my key on the
Edition Legacy Tour is uh, at the Spectrum tonight. That uh, should be uh, uh, interesting. Uh, Hornets at uh, Utah tomorrow, 7 o'clock at the Spectrum. Cavaliers are in town on uh, Sunday at 5 p.m. Charlotte FC at Atlanta United, Bank of America Stadium tomorrow at 12 noon. Uh, a lot of St. Pat's Day stuff going. The pub crawl at Uptown and South End tomorrow starts at noon. Uh, the parade at Tryon and 9th begin tomorrow at uh, 11 o'clock. And uh, the St. Pat's Festival at uh, Tryon and 3rd uh, tomorrow from uh, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Green River Fest at the Whitewater Center. Sunday is Selection Sunday. The Oscars are Sunday. Daylight Savings Time Sunday at uh, 2 a.m. And first day of spring, Monday. Sleep anywhere, cross every border with nothing to declare. You can look back it's best not to stare I need a big weekend Kick up the dust Yeah, big weekend If you don't run, you rust there you go. Boom shakalaka, y'all. Big weekend presented by Watson Insurance Agency, protecting what's important since 1934. Uh, the St. Gabe's Men's Club doing their Linton fish fry, uh, and that's today from 4.30 till 7.30. You can get more information at stgabrielschurch.org slash dinner, but that's an annual event and, uh, and wildly popular, so I told promised them I would uh, mention it. Uh, and the uh, Players' Championship is underway. That was big when I was broadcasting down in uh, Jacksonville. And Snoop Dogg's coming to town. I guess you guys were talking about that or have been. Well, the fact that Snoop Dogg is coming to town, the, the thing that I really want to happen is uh, I, I want us to... We have no indication that this is going to happen, but if we got tickets to that, how much fun would it be to name that dog and just play a bunch of barks? <laughs> like, who's this barking? That's a well, shit zoo. You know? <laughs> he's in town the day before what? Beyonce. A what zoo? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's in town the day before Beyonce does her big deal at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah. So what if they're all staying in the same hotel? Mm, that'd be a fun hotel. Yeah, I wonder if Beyonce and Snoop Dogg would... They may be from different planets. I just want to know if uh, Governor McCrory has gotten his Beyonce tickets yet. I know. He calls her Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> well, and hang on a second. I didn't realize this is tonight. Like, do you not have tickets, Beth? How do I not? How? Until this big weekend performance you just gave us, I didn't know that New Edition was here. Yesterday, just yesterday, we were talking about the fact that my very first slow dance ever was to a New Edition song. Keith Sweat's uh, with the is one of the opening acts too. Keith Sweat, wow! I forgot about Keith when Sweat. I got uh, fired in uh, Jacksonville. I went to work for a uh, urban station, uh, Hot 101.5, and they teamed me with an African American guy, and we did the morning show. Was it so fun? No, no, <laughs> because I had no idea. The culture, the music, the anything. 
Uh, it was, uh, God, it was just, I I just hated every, uh, and, and I'm sure they hated me too. Uh, I was just so out of my element. And now all the urban stations have come to you. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Right down the hall. <laughs> but I, I was, I mean, I, I, they, they, it was a terrible idea. Uh, and they were hiring me because I had name value in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, and the people there could not have been nicer. Aww. But uh, the listeners uh, uh, knew they had an imposter on the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I showed it. Uh, you know, I didn't know Tony from Tony from Tony. I, it was, uh, Tony, I, was, to- I forgot about Tony, 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 too. Yeah. <laughs> they have done it again. So it was uh, one of the interesting six months of my career. Well, I'm now very sad that I don't have new edition tickets. I loved... And and Keith Sweat. Yeah, who knew? I I loved... Did y'all watch on... um, I think think it aired on... It might have been BET. They had the uh, like six episode new edition origin story. It was like a, a drama. I did not. No. Oh my gosh, I woke up to this song one day. I know. <laughs> There's enough drama in just Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. But I mean, think about that first version of New Edition with Bobby Brown, um, Whitney the Bell Bib DeVoe guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was, was, was Tresvant, Ralph, Ralph Tresvant? Ralph's, Ralph Tresvant, who now works for Radio One. He does a bunch of right. um, morning shows for Radio One. Yeah, very sensitive guy. Um, I'm gonna have to do that when I come back. What I was thinking of doing, but I, you know, we're you thinking doing, of slow dancing with me to Earth Angel. How did you know? By New Edition. I, we're talking about Big Weekend. There's one more thing John Hancock left off of Big Weekend. So we have strapped on a Friday, which means we're strapping on a weekend. <laughs> Could it have come at a better time? He worn out after all the activities from this week. Well, we'll still talk about all the rough stuff, but we're also going to lighten it up a bit so that we can get ready for the weekend and for the eclipse on Monday. And they're sending me out there, and I have to see how long I get to stare at the sun. They told me I get a dollar per second. <laughs> that's Scott Fitzgerald. John Moore just sent me that during the break. That's a, that's the promo he did on the morning of. Because Scott used to do uh, what he did 9 to noon for a little while here. Um, and that was the day of the eclipse back in 2017. So that was that was Scott Fitzgerald, as we called him, the new guy. We've just come full circle. I know. Good guy. Very good guy. I like I, Scott. And I think he's remarried and living in Florida, but I may be wrong on that. But he and I uh, um, touch bases with each other once in a blue moon. A, uh, a real radio pro and a guy uh, who was really thankful to be working on these call letters. And he uh, had worked at like WPTF for a long time in Raleigh. And he's been around the block, but uh, wasn't here long. But he, uh, we all enjoyed getting to know him while he was here. And that was from that day. So His dad is a is it Cincinnati, Cincinnati legend. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's the game show that's sweeping the nation, Beth. Name that dog. <laughs> Maybe if I if I speak it, I will will it into happening. I am prepared. I'm ready. So if you didn't know, uh, in Big Weekend, we were talking about the fact that Snoop Dogg is coming to Charlotte. August. August of this year. The day before Beyonce performs at B of A, Snoop Dogg will be at PNC Pavilion. B of A and PNC and WBT. And WBT. it all fits together. Uh, When you were doing Big Weekend, uh, there was one thing uh, not in it that I want to add to it real quick uh, because I am, uh, I mentioned this earlier, I'm an alum of uh, Myers Park High School. And this weekend, there is basketball at the Dean Dome. 
at the Dean Smith Center. It is the uh, 4A uh, state championship uh, for high school basketball, and there are several other uh, games too. There's uh, girls and boys basketball, but Myers Park for the first time in uh, 56 years is playing for a state championship against Richmond Senior at 7.30 on uh, tomorrow night at the Dean Dome. And then as we uh, learned earlier, and I'm so glad that uh, we had some people call in, but you know, you have the state championship games. Some of them are at the Dean Dome. Some of them are at Reynolds Coliseum in uh, at NC State. And so Northwood and Central Cabarrus are playing for the 3A title uh, and they'll be playing uh, uh, at Reynolds. So you've got uh, uh, all these different levels, men, men's and women's, girls and boys, uh, basketball. But uh, there's my, my alma mater uh, playing for a state title, first time in 50-plus in, uh, years uh, tomorrow night. So uh, go Mustangs. But After having the... played for Kevin Durant a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> no biggie. No biggie. The, I mean, how cool is that, though, that we have a Charlotte team going for the, the 4A championship and a Concord team going for the 3A championship? That's huge. There must be something in the water here we're growing the boys tall and they're playing basketball really well well and they've got uh, i mean unless you, know, you go to carolina <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know there uh here's the thing about that though um there there's a lot of tar heel connections on this uh this myers park team george lynch's son santana uh plays for myers park and george lynch is at all the games and that's i think that's the re and, and actually larry brown comes to the games too with george lynch i, I haven't been to every game this year because my, my daughter's graduated and um, my son doesn't play basketball so i i don't see as many as i did but i've been to two or three games and and george lynch is always there on the back row and he started bringing larry brown with him uh of course tar heel as well and hall of fame coach but uh, the night that kevin durant showed up i think the reason that he came uh, was because he's um, he knows several of the kids. Uh, like, who am I thinking of? Uh, um, Does Larry live in Charlotte? Brown? Uh, I, I think he must because he keeps showing up to the games. But uh, Nazar Muhammad, uh, NBA player, has a son, Sir Muhammad, who plays for the Mustangs as well. And from what I understand, uh, Muhammad's friendship with Kevin Durant is uh, why Kevin came to the game that night at the Myers Park game. So there are all these connections, but George Lynch is always there. And then what I was going to say is, uh, you know, there are probably going to be a lot more Tar Heels that come to this game at the Smith Center tomorrow night now that the Tar Heels aren't playing in the ACC championship anymore. I mean, I know they, <laughs> that's not the scenario they wanted. But uh, Dewey Ferris is a, is a kid who plays for the Tar Heels now. Uh, he's a, I believe he's a senior, uh, junior or senior, but he played at Myers Park. And so he's going to be able, I assume, to go back and watch his high school team play uh, in the Dean Dome for a state title tomorrow night. So there are all these, you know, uh, North Carolina connections, and uh, it's pretty cool. But I don't want to take anything away from all the other teams, too. I don't have the whole list, but like I said, Northwood and Central Cabarrus uh, will be uh, playing at, uh, at Reynolds, and it's going to be a great night for, uh, for, co- for uh, high school basketball across the state tomorrow night. And, of course, there's the uh, ACC championship that will be happening in Greensboro and the semifinals that will be happening tonight. And you have uh, Duke and Miami and Virginia and Clemson still alive. So great weekend of, uh, of sports all around. Uh, Larry Brown and Carl Shearer were in Denver when I was spending my time there. And uh, I used to do uh, – Larry Brown used to come to the nightclub that I worked at with a bunch of – reputable DJs and uh, we used to so I got to know him from that standpoint a little bit and then you know one of the great coaches of all time he followed you here to Charlotte he liked (laughs) you that much yeah I'm sure that's probably the case he was like if that guy moved there that must be a darn good town he uh he restless oh yeah if you'll remember Larry Brown 
had about 500 coaching jobs, all of them in really good places, you know. UCLA or wherever he, he, he uh, ended up, but he coach was the, all over the place. But what a great basketball coach. Nice guy. Coached the Bobcats for a while, and uh, they, they were a decent team under Larry Brown. I think Paul Silas is the best Hornets slash Bobcats coach of all time. But if you're talking about, and I mean as the Hornets coach, uh, I think uh, Larry Brown is obviously, I mean, he he's one of those guys. We, we see a lot of uh, coaches uh, that try to, coach on the college level and then go to the pro level whether it be football or basketball or whatever and Larry Brown has had success at both levels and it's tough to do that I mean coach K never never coached an NBA team but he, he coached the Olympic team with with NBA players but Larry Brown uh, I mean I, I was showing uh, I was sitting with somebody at the Myers Park game and, and they asked me who's Larry Brown and I said well let me show you his Wikipedia page and you see his <laughs> yeah. you see his resume and it's like the who's who of, of I wouldn't be surprised if you lived in this area and if uh, every now and then you'd be stunned how many ex-athletes live in this area because of climate mm-hmm. or Lake Norman or but I mean there's Man, there's uh, there's some famous names uh, that just kind of keep to themselves, but yeah. uh, it's become quite a quite a mecca for retirement. Yeah. Well, this has been a show today. Always is on a Friday. We've uh, accomplished a lot between uh, the five hours that we're responsible for this uh, great colossus, and uh, we're going to have a, a big weekend thanks to John Hancock and uh, do it all again starting next week. So Hancock, always good to see you. Thank you. Well, and we got this out of the way, Beth, so uh, next week we can do this without Bo. That'll be great. Exactly. Bo's on a little boy's trip next week. Oh, come on. Say the full, say it the way you always his say it. His cute little boy's trip okay. in his yeah. little cabin. They're going to talk about basketball and yeah. stuff. Basketball and stuff. Yeah, and so John Hancock and I will be in the studio by ourselves. Dad's away. We're going to play. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Have a great weekend. You too, Grandpa. Unsent. I wouldn't talk about Hancock. No. Uh, all right. Have a great weekend. Thanks to John Moore and Bernie and Mark Garrison and Pam Warner. I'm Bo Thompson for my my best friend, Beth. <laughs> Back on Monday. We're out of here.